0: All right. So, the, and this is—is is
1: this your theme song?
0: This is the song that starts off every episode.
1: It's awesome. Um,
0: hey, everybody, back at the Casa de Wolf uh, for a fairly normal Steve
1: Simone I'm already in a good mood.
2: Well, you know, now,
0: do you recognize this song? Some people do, some people don't. It's an old tune. I
1: feel it. It's is this one where it goes tell yes. me something good. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this from Brian Holtzman. He used to sing this on stage in he the did. middle of one of his rants.
0: Talk about a di- like
1: one of my favorites.
0: People who don't know, and then most people don't know Brian Holtzman. They should. Genius. Absolutely. Dark. Yeah. But genius. Hmm. I remember long, long time ago, one of the first times I ever saw him on stage. He. There was a, a plane that went down. Oh, no. And you know him.
1: Yeah, that's why I said oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, dear. Oh, boy. I hope he was respectful.
0: He basically, the gist of the joke was, what's a respectable amount of time to go down and start looking for wallets? <laughs> that was basically his joke. He was like, no, I want to be respectful of the families, but what's... Like, what's the right amount of time to be able to go down and start looking for some good shit? Oh,
1: uh, it's so funny.
0: I mean, you know what? And by the way, that's uh, you guys know. Tell me something good. I'm Josh Wolf, fairly normal. I'm here with my buddy Steve Simone.
1: Thanks uh, for having me.
0: Ah, uh, uh, before I get into the Brian Holtzman part of it, yeah. I do want to say to everybody listening who isn't familiar with Steve, what, especially in comedy, what a refreshing. Uh, not, not only just attitude But energy you have You're a positive, upbeat guy I feel I'm, I am also Absolutely. a positive guy But there aren't a lot of us In the game as far no. as the comedy game And um, you know When I watch you on stage Not only are you funny like Thanks, Legitimately yeah. funny but I am happy when I watch you. <laughs> Thank you. Does that mean like I'm like oh they, I like what he's talking about?
1: That's honestly more important to me than making people laugh. I want to make them feel good. I think it's uh, that's that's my mission.
0: Has that always like have you always been a positive dude?
1: No, that's why. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I know the darkness, so to speak, of life and how much of it I created and wasn't aware of it at the time. And uh, I don't want people to create it for themselves. I don't want people to stay there. Wait. And I want to try to help people out. Like like when I see negative comics, yep. which is probably like 95% of all comedians yes. want to point out what's wrong with the world. Mm-hmm. I'm self-aware. I, I, I would like to say, okay, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not one of those Pollyanna people like, that guy's wrong. I'm like, okay, you might be right. right. That is a legitimate beef. But what can we celebrate? What else is there? Like, no matter how bad life gets, there's always ice cream. You know what I mean? There's no doubt about that. There's always puppies. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like, what do you focus on? I'd rather be one of those people that celebrates what I love instead of trashing what I hate.
0: How? And by the way, I think there's a way to do both. Like, I don't mind if you want to point out the things, and that's where you're getting
1: your comedy from. For sure, because I think that also is a mission. I believe that also is a service. Um, But But I think it's like... You write? Do you write it all
0: scripts or anything like that?
1: Okay. Uh, like movies? Yeah. Yeah. Movie I just TV. finished my first feature.
0: Okay. So I, I'm a writer also. I always
1: like you need criticism.
0: Criticism. Yeah. You need to get better. Sure. And I I consider that to be true with the world too. Absolutely. But I also the number one rule when you're reading a script is don't tell me what's wrong unless you can give me a solution.
1: Correct. Like like with all of uh. Like I'm not a political person at all, but everybody's just been bombarding social media for the last month. This sucks. This sucks. Yeah. This sucks. This what? And I'm like, well, what are you doing to change it? Why don't you take this energy and instead of venting, you want to come with me to a homeless shelter? Yeah. Do you want to come with me down to the children's hospital? How about this? Why don't you don't have the time? Great. Why don't you give me a couple of bucks? I'll so I can go throw a pizza party for sick kids. Oh, you don't want to give me a couple bucks? You know what? We're having a blood drive. Oh, you can't make it to the blood drive, but you have time to to complain on social media. How about this? Go to be thematch.org and sign up, and they'll send you a kit in the mail. And you can just mail it back so you can, you might be able to save somebody's life. There's so many opportunities to make the world a better place. Yeah. And Twitter isn't one of them. No. Well, it could be, but it's like, use that, use that as a tool. Get involved, do something to make it better.
0: Yeah. But I think, I think, I think, you know, retweeting stories that are going to help spread the fear and the hysteria. Fear is the word. You just hear it. Fear is the word. By the way, I think it's clear, and 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 um, this election proved to me that fear is more powerful than hope as a motivator for people to get out and do things. Mm. And I, I, I okay, I, I I'm th- listening. I think I don't think it's right. Yeah. But I think when people are scared, the fight or flight instinct is stronger than anything else. Yeah. So when I tell you, hey, guess what I got for you? Yeah. I got something down the line that's really good. You're going to be like, really? Yeah. But if I say to you, hey man, I'm about to take away a lot of shit you already have. Yeah. You're, now <gasps> I'm not, yeah. yeah that's going to be, the <gasps> that's the knee jerk. Yeah. Right. So I'm not, when I say it's more powerful, I don't mean it's better. What I mean is, if you want a quick reaction out of people,
1: because
0: yeah. hope will let you dream and hope will make you think, yeah. fear makes you act. Uh, yeah, uh,
1: definitely in that moment, too. Right, it makes you act that's in that so moment. That's
0: so true. So I'm not saying it's more powerful like it's better. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But-
1: Yeah, like if a lion walked in here, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm running. Yeah. yeah that, I'm like, later, dude.
0: Look, that's a great example. So if I said to you, hey, you know what, man, I think if you and I work together, we might be able to exact some change here. And you'd be like, that's a great idea. You know, we should do that. And yeah. we'd be thinking and dreaming. But then if I dropped 10 Cobras in here, you'd be like, I'm getting the fuck yeah. out of here. Later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. You get that ninja repelling
1: rope? i just go up.
0: I had no idea there was a traitor door notes. in my living room.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like a cartoon. You just noinky yeah. you to yeah. see the smoke <laughs> yeah. where you go. And then just your, your outline through the wall. Boo. Boo. You know what I honestly do believe? And this isn't me being Pollyanna. I think this election was awesome. You know why? Tell me why. Because I think our options were so bad that this was America's fat picture. Like do you ever – like? and this does happen to me often where like you're on the road. Somebody takes a picture with you. They post it on social media. I'm like, oh my god, am I that fat? I have to. I got to do something. <laughs> you know what? This is unacceptable. Nobody's told me this. I'm going to try the ketogenic diet. I'm going to start doing cardio. They say cardio on an empty stomach helps. I'm cutting out sugar. Steve, just so you know, you got to take the picture from up top. Never, <laughs> I know. but Never Steve. let a shirt person uh, take that. You
0: got to go up top. It's a good idea I mean? coming like, down. Let's just
1: get involved. Yeah. Because like, I think we, we, we put too much uh, too much of our uh, – we. We invest too much of our power, so to speak, in our politicians mm-hmm. instead of realizing, man, we could change the world now just by being loving and kind to everybody we meet. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. like, we, like well, and, s- we'll, and I think if we do that, if as you as an individual stop running your life on fear and start being the person you really want to be, you're going to allow other people to live in that. You're going to inspire them just by your actions and interactions. I, and I we're going to get 100%. better options. I agree 100. percent Because I, there was nobody in this election. Honestly, I know we talked about this when you were on my podcast, but it was like, By the time it got to November, I'm like, I, yeah, but
0: also, uh, e, 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 what, you know what, what I mean? give like, this in my voice where I'm going. I, but what is a uh, fucking? Uh, Let me tell you what is a shame. Uh, I'll tell you what's a go, what's a shame, shame, shame. No, I, I, out of all the stories about both of them, yeah, I have no idea what's true. Yeah, the problem is right That's now. So there's true. there's so many. I know fake. I know that that even the and and, and I'm not one of those people. Even the mainstream, I don't even know what to call it. They don't know t- well,
1: what's real or
0: well, what's they're, not. But like, they're,
1: but they're tilted. when it came out. That Hillary, like I was a Bernie, and like, look, I'm not a socialist. I don't right. even really. I don't honestly. I'm such a moron when it comes to politics. I don't know the difference between like red state, blue state, none yeah. of that. Because yeah. I just, I'm like, oh, these people all are full of crap. But I kind of like was drinking it. Nah, I shouldn't say. I wanted to believe that there good people could hold office, people that aren't going to drag us into a war. It's sort of that stuff. But then when it came out that like CNN was Feeding questions to Hillary in advance, and And Fox
0: did it for Trump.
1: I don't know. I didn't read, but Megyn Kelly was talking about it. But but when that came out, and then CNN said, "Don't if you read WikiLeaks, you could go to jail." That and I saw that with my own eyes on CNN. I went, you know what? You're all full of crap. Like I talked to a friend of mine that's split his childhood between Mexico and the United States. He grew up in El Centro on the border. And he was saying his family in Mexico was so disillusioned by their corrupt government. It almost was outside of them. Like they just focused on what they could focus on. And uh, that's just – I just – I don't – I don't think there's good options. Well, you know what? So I you just want to be loving and kind to everybody. If we're gonna
0: do the Simone Wolf ticket in 2020.
1: <laughs> there's n- I'm way too short for anybody to ever vote for me. Well, you listen, nobody, you nobody, in like my stature's ever gonna hold public office. You notice <laughs> No way? You know, <laughs> they it, would see me in debates. I'd have those big Jean Simmons well, shoes from a Kiss Destroyers. You just have to get
0: on a little tour. bit of a platform. <laughs> uh, you know, like Tom Cruise, literally
2: and figuratively. He, Tom
0: Cruise wo- walks. He wears his heels on red carpets. <laughs> you know it. that, right? No. Check out check dude, out a lot of actors are
1: short people right? yes
0: and they wear heels on red carpets Ugh. um but and you notice how i put your name first in the election because i would rather be i'm gonna be vice president dude i think that's probably the best gig oh going. you can just go biden on people dude but Biden's i that me, guy run dude to me biden that was my favorite thing just he just goes off and he's the vice president so people are like
1: whatever you know what i love because i grew up a pro wrestling fan i love when president obama comes out to give a speech and Biden's just standing off to his shoulder, nodding like his sidekick. Like it reminds me of Rowdy, Roddy Piper when he would give promos, <laughs> and Cowboy Bob Orton, Cowboy Bob Orton would be standing in the back with a cast on his arm, just nodding like, "Yeah, what he said." <laughs> every time I see Biden, I, I expect him to be like, "Yeah."
0: Have you ever thought about what your professional wrestling, what you like, you would? It would have to be if you were a professional wrestler. You would have to be like, oh, you know what you would be? What? The motivational speaker. <laughs> you would be the motivational speaker, and you'd come out
1: and you would tell people like the positives. Oh, but that'd be such a great villain. Oh, Are you motivated? <laughs> we can cut the promos right now. Let me motivate you. Can I come out with a headset oh. on? <laughs> oh, my God. The wireless headset. Oh. I, Vince McMahon, I hope you're listening. Oh, and you would get people to walk on fire? Shit. Oh, my gosh. That'd be so great.
0: That would be the, the absolute best. best. My cousin and I know i I think he listens. My cousin Zach RuBoy. Zach's a tremendous
1: name, by the way. Zach RuBoy is a good that, name. That sounds like a wrestler name. It's
0: actually. also kind of Jewy. RuBoy. Eh. We're Jews, though. Um, and uh, you can't have a Jewy that, name. That's where oh, you gold. get your
1: superior intellect.
0: I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he works at WWE. I, I believe his job. Now I it could be wrong. I already
1: went. <gasps> any job there would be the best ever. I believe part of his job. Is that guys
0: practice their moves on him? What? Yeah, he's one of those guys that like gets thrown around. Is where he they like
1: a martial artist or something?
0: No, 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 not martial artist. He just gets thrown just around. Just a
2: normal
1: dude. Just a normal dude. That uh, sounds
0: like hazing. Yeah, I know. It sounds like so. Your my job is just to get beat up.
1: <laughs> sounds I, like a professional little brother. I, <laughs> I just, come here, bro. I won't think. I did that to my brother. He was the one, this is what a jerk big brother I was. Yeah. I don't talk about this enough in my comedy. I don't face my own demons that way. But I remember my younger brother, because he was way smarter than mm-hmm. me. We were watching pro wrestling. He figured out how to do a figure four just by watching it. And I'm a moron. On the legs? it's the yeah. figure four, right? And he was like, dude, I think I figured out the figure four. He's like, I go like this, I go like this. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, let me try it on you, but I won't lock it in. I won't. And I was like, okay. He's like, you see that? Does that hurt? And I was like, oh my gosh, that really hurts. And he was like, okay. And he let Did it go. Hurt? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But then he was like, I was like can i try and then he showed me how to do it and then i did it to him hard
0: and did you let him tap out
1: uh eventually
0: what what age were you when you started on your positive
1: kick should i say what age or how many years ago do you feel that would go it was somewhere in my early 30s because it was like um there was no (laughs) other options does that make sense yeah recording this
0: yeah but I, i just wanted to say i saw something flash Oh, mother. I just scratch. did
1: a, a podcast with our buddy Brody, and yeah. it was tremendous. But then we're talking, and I'm like, Brody, I think the recorder's not on. He was like, son of a... Dude,
0: he just came over, and we did one here for an hour and a half, and it got
1: intense. Yeah, he's going through it now, I think. But the file got corrupted, and it only recorded six minutes. You know what? I have to check in with him and see how much we got, because we were like at the two-hour mark, Dude, this, and I don't know how much it was.
0: It got intense. He, I mean, it got intense. You you know him from very well. I was there the night he changed his name. That's amazing. I've told you that, right? Yeah, but I still where it's he amazing. he yeah he, you know. I asked him on on the on the podcast uh, when that didn't get recorded, obviously. But I said, "Hey, do you ever have a hard time getting out of character?" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do yes. you ever a, sometimes Steve and Brody to me blur? Yes. You know? Yeah, what'd he say? And he was like, yeah, um, sometimes. He said, but because I'm Brody so much that, mm. you know, the night he walked off stage and told me Steve Brody isn't funny, but Brody Stevens is. And I said, who's Brody Stevens? And he said, you'll see tomorrow night. <laughs> and he's been that guy ever since.
1: That's incredible.
0: He just came down as a different person the next day, and that was the end. He was never Steve again. I called. I kept calling him Steve on the podcast because that's what I know that's him That's who as. he is Steve. Right. That's what I know him as, Steve right. Brody. And he would laugh. He was like, you called me Steve again. I'm, I'm really sorry. I'll go back and edit that out. He's like, that's all right. Just me and, me and you and your mom. Me and you and my mom are the only people that call me Steve. Wow. But it's, to me, it's, I, I, I you know, I, I, I remember him as Steve. Yeah. The pitcher from college baseball. He's from ASU. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. And yes. <laughs> you know, we talked about uh, how he brought this homeless clown on stage one night. He used to-
2: he, oh, he
0: experimented, you know, even early on. You ever watch somebody and Holtzman, funny we get back to Holtzman, yeah. is one of those guys also, I envy how free they are on stage. Mm. They are free. They're truly yes. free. And Brody was one of those guys to be that young in comedy and to, to um, have the confidence to experiment. I didn't start experimenting until way later. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because you don't have the confidence. You're so consumed with trying to be funny, which makes yeah. you not funny. Not funny.
1: It, that takes a while to learn that. Yeah, you have to get out of your head. I've learned that in life. I have to learn a lesson, apply it, forget that I learned it, le- yeah. relearn it, apply it again, relearn It's just for me, it's a process of relearning, relearning the same basic stuff.
0: I don't think I ever really learn until I
1: fail. Oh. Yeah, I don't even believe in failure anymore. And that took me a long time to figure that out, that failure doesn't exist. How long did it take you? This is
0: a huge thing, and Mm -hmm. I'm still, if I'm being honest, there's still some nights I, I can't do it. Yeah. How long did it take you to be okay with silence on stage? And by the way, people listening, there's two types of silence. There's silence during a story, Yes. That you know is supposed to be silent. Yes. Which also takes a little while to get used to. Yes. Knowing
1: because silence also means. It's a great tool. They're listening. Yeah. And then sometimes I think the biggest laughs are when you get quiet on purpose. Yeah. And allow the thought from your brain to jump into their brains. Yeah. You want them
0: to almost be guessing what your punchline is. Yes.
1: Yes. That to me is the greatest comedy where they know what you're about to say. Yep and they're waiting for it like and where everybody
0: still love it. Yes. Now the other type of silence is clearly when you're telling a joke and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. That obviously the first one is a different type of comedy. It's intentional. It's intentional and it does take you a while because I used to speed through that silence because I'm I was just
1: lear- really learning how to slow down. Let him, let that let was let the biggest difference between my first CD and my second CD yeah. where I'm like oh this is better just because the material's not any better. The material on the first CD's great. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't confident enough to let it be. Mm-hmm. I tried to force it too much. Mm-hmm. And it was funny that what you said, how you started this podcast. You were like, I feel happy watching you. It's the best compliment ever. And I remember it was about a year and a half ago. M- maybe two years. I don't think it was two years ago. I was on stage in Brea. And there was a bunch of cool kids there. Like literally, like just young people in their 20s. Like out. Do you feel less confident on stage in front of them? I used to. Me too. I absolutely used to. And then this, this night, I, I found myself working faster, and I almost wanted to start using it because profanity helps. I don't care who you are, but if you say the F word, there's something subconsciously that will just get people to laugh. Mm-hmm. But I want to not do that anymore. I don't want to use that as a crutch. Um, are you I,
0: saying you're not going to swear on stage, or you're not, not
1: going to use it not in place of a joke? Mm. I don't think with the jokes that I write, I don't think I need it. So whenever I would use it, I I would feel bad afterwards or I'd feel like I wasn't the best version of me. That's just me in a personal artistic choice. So as I felt those desires to maybe speed up, give more energy, say an F-bomb, that sort of stuff. Are we not recording? We are recording. I keep
0: looking at the battery thing keeps flashing, but it looks fine. Okay. You never know. I'm just glad we're hanging out. (laughs) That's all I care about. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I look at the audience and then at some point I just looked at the cool kids and I was like, hey, guys, the only thing I'm trying to do is take the joy in my heart and put it into yours. That's it. And I'm like, if you want to come along for the ride, trust me, it's going to be great. But if not, just leave because if, if, if you're so fearful and still trying to be cool and you don't want to have a good time, just then just
0: don't. I've heard you on stage talking about that, the joy in your heart and spreading it. Yeah. And I can see half of the audience is like, oh, this is the bit. This is part of the bit. Yeah. How long in your set does, does it take for people who don't know who you are to realize,
1: oh, this isn't a bit? I don't know. Can you feel it? And can Yeah, you there was f- a point when you feel like it, you're, you're connected with the audience yes. for sure. Can you feel
0: the difference between people
1: who are there to see you and people? Absolutely. Right? Yeah, 100% so. And if I get to the point where like if I'm in a room and just 20% of the people there are to see me, there's 100 people in the room and 20 know who I am. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's so much easier because so all, of much their easier. Po- all of their positive energy goes through the crowd. Right. There's all these weird social dynamics that come into play with what we do. Yes, it's Well, It's fascinating.
0: It, it, to me, I can tell by when I get introduced mm-hmm. how many people are there to see me. Yes. Right? And uh, when, when you have a crowd full of people there that they bought tickets to see Steve Simone, it's a totally different animal. It is, be, not only is you, obviously, is it easier for you, but the people in the audience, it's a better experience for them. Yeah. Because they're all, it's a group think. And Absolutely when you're, when you're part of a group think in something like that, in a positive way, it's a great experience. It's awesome. It's a great, great, great experience. Absolutely. I, I have to tell you, silence for me, like last night I went on stage and um, just with the premise, okay. I'm working on a premise, and uh, I hate to mention what I'm working on on a podcast, only because it's like when you see someone taping a new joke in the audience, yeah. and I'm like, I just Not want you to know, yet, man. if you put that online, I can never do it again, yeah. because people are going to look at that joke and be like, oh, Josh Wolf isn't funny, Yeah, they don't know this is the first you know time it I've told them Yeah, it.
1: you're mixing the ingredients in a bowl, and you're like, bro, these are going to be cookies. Yeah. <laughs> don't take a picture of the bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just let me... Mix the ingredients, put them in the oven, and let it bake. Yeah, see this bag of flour? Doesn't taste good. Yeah, exactly.
0: But let me put some of the shit in there.
1: Yes, 100%. So that's exactly
0: what we do. Last night, so my premise, I just had a little premise that I like, I got, I'd gotten a little bit over the Thanksgiving holidays. Mm hmm. Um, had a conversation about, with somebody about, you know, if you bring something in Tupperware to somebody's house, if you bring something in Tupperware to my house, <laughs> I'm already laughing. I know you're not expecting that back, right? Do you know what I mean? Like right. there are two That's ty- part of the gift. There are two types of people. People who expect their Tupperware back and people who know when you bring it to somebody's house. Now, if you bring me a glass dish, I'm gonna wash it, I'm gonna bring it, I'm gonna
1: hand it back to you. Right.
0: You bring over some Tupperware. It's
1: true. Yeah. Dude, there's so much to that premise because it's all about expectations. Yeah. And when like just being cool, you're gonna have a better you're gonna have a better life. Do you expect you the Tupperware life. back? No, I don't expect anything.
0: <laughs> Here's what they told me last night. I was like because I was asking the audience, see what the audience told me? One woman goes, "You're supposed to wash it, put food in it, and what? when you go over to their house, bring food back." I'm like, "Wait,
1: that's some so black belt with a red stripe mom yeah, level stuff that I don't even know exists."
0: But wait, so I invite somebody over to my house. They bring food over. I have to in return send them back with food? That doesn't seem that's like the whole premise of, you know, I know you don't have kids, but you know, if you go to a kid's party now, there's something called goodie bags.
1: Okay. Do you know what that is? Yeah, like your
0: you, th- treats so, you get to go home with. But they're presents. What? So, yes, people put presents in the goodie bags, and some of the kids get disappointed if the goodie bags aren't good enough. There's not enough stuff in them. Wait,
1: they have a red carpet? <laughs> they have a they have a red carpet bag where there's stuff in there? Like it's a swag bag. You oh. walk you walk
0: out with shit. And I never did that. My wife and I never did that. Why? Because you're coming to my kid's birthday party. I'm throwing the party. There's stuff to do here. You want a present? Your present is the cake. Yeah. You're taking it home in
1: your goodie bag called your stomach. Okay, I have to get off on a tangent, but it's like, why as a society are we replacing experiences and caring and sharing the moment with things? We're doing that. Well,
0: you do that with... But,
1: but With everything. We think we can buy happiness instead of it just enjoying the moment. The goodie bag to me is an extension
0: of a trophy for everybody.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's also an extension of, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to spend any time with you, but here's a new pair of Nikes. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Just hang out. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't mind the Nikes too. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a Nike man since 84. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anybody, I remember (laughs) when the Jordans came out. I'm like, that kid's cool. Why? He has Jordans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he's cool.
0: I we could not afford. I couldn't afford those shoes. We were the kids. uh, So in '84, there it was cool to wear those track pants. Yep. And we couldn't. All my friends were wearing like Adidas and stuff. I had one pair of track pants, and I think we got them like you know we were poor, 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 poor. Yep. I mean, not. I guess not. We were pretty poor. Yeah. We didn't have a
1: car for a little while. We were poor. Yeah. Um, You know what's great though? I I I look back so many times. I was the poorest I think I ever was. I was in L.A. sharing a Section Eight apartment with a one bedroom, two people, and the kid had cerebral palsy. And I didn't have a car. And I was like, "What are we gonna do for charity this year?" And I remember my roommate with cerebral palsy looking at me like, "You moron, (laughs) we are charity." (laughs) Like I didn't know. I didn't realize, I mean, I know my life sucked, but I didn't realize that I was poor. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah.
0: We were on WIC. You know what WIC is? Yep. We were on WIC, me and the kids. Mm -hmm. um, And I remember, for those of you who don't know what WIC is, you know, it's a government program where I could go get formula Mm -hmm. and certain things, you know, milk and and, and, um, bread and shit like that. and Basics. Yeah, basics. And I remember, and WIC was super embarrassing for me. You know, because my parents had, my parents aren't rich now by any stretch of the imagination, but they have, and I don't know that they, they, I don't know if they could live comfortably in LA, but they live comfortably in Maine.
1: Yeah, that's great. Do you know what I mean? Dude, I haven't been the man. I heard it's the most beautiful it's place beautiful. on earth.
0: But so they're not rich by any, but, but, but like if I needed help, they could send some out. But you yeah. know, my, their theory and their mindset was always, Hey, you know, uh, we're not going to bail you out of this. Mm. No, we're never going to let you live on the street. Right. So, but you will let you bump up against living on the street. This is the choice you made. Yeah. So I, I couldn't ask them for help, and um, obviously, you know, making money in town—what, twenty dollars to perform at the comedy store? Yeah, it's it was, all
1: impossible. I don't know how I survived the last sixteen years. Yeah.
0: So, but when I remember I was on Wick, and I was going through a checkout at
1: Ralph's. Yeah.
0: The Ralph's on La Brea, right below Fountain. Oh yeah, yeah. You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: and um, it's got a terrible parking lot. Terrible
0: parking lot. It's in a good location. Can I tell you what happened one time in the parking lot? Uh, Parking
1: lot's the worst.
0: It's the worst. But this woman and I got into an argument in the parking lot. Yep. And I was just like, yeah, but uh, you know, uh, oh, she had parked super close to my car, Mm -hmm. And and I couldn't get in. I go, do you mind? Can you just uh, back it up Move it over a little You're yeah. just over the line here And she was like Just get on the other side I was like What? I go no The other side is Pretty tight too But it's super tight on my side Yeah And I, she was like She was well, in the wrong She won't do it
2: Ugh, And I go You're so not gonna I go,
0: You're not gonna do it So she selfish She goes no I'm not gonna do it And she screamed at me This was one of the craziest things As she took a key out And oh keyed my. my car What? She keys my car and I'm like, what are you doing? She go. This was the craziest thing anyone had ever screamed to me. What are you going to do? I'm an ugly bitch. And I was like, what, what she was implying was you can't do anything to me. I'm I'm ugly. And I was like, what just happened?
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: the level of sadness. Like, I have this okay. theory, man. That La Brea is uh, the spine of sadness. It's a tough area. That corner is tough. Oh, that corner, but all the way up through Hollywood Boulevard, that whole epicenter of Hollywood yeah. and broken dreams and people not feeling good enough and people pretending to be cool. And it's just so sad. Well, dude, at that route. So, so sad.
0: I was checking out and I had all this stuff and I had my WIC stuff and I was showing them my WIC credentials. And I remember this is the last time I used WIC mm-hmm. and it was stupid on my part. And I, as someone who's gotten help from the government before, yeah. I, for some people, it's a necessity. Like yeah. I, I know some people think those programs should be gone, and if you work hard, and all do you that- know what I think
1: is the saddest thing? Not huh. to cut you off, but just in general, it's how we, the, how we vilify the other people. Oh my lord! And and it works both ways. Like I've noticed in my lifetime, I've seen somehow the belief that people that are struggling or or, or that are poor somehow, people that aren't poor assume they are lazy. And then also, I have met so many people that have worked so hard. To get to where they are in life. And other people assume that they're just selfish or greedy. And I'm like, wait a second, man. There's a balance here. We're all human beings and we're all trying our best. And let's recognize that humanity in each other and work together. I took a picture. And this was when my wife was, uh,
0: years ago. My wife and I were at Lexus getting a car. Mm -hmm. Now, the Lexus is not the fanciest car in the world. It's also not the worst car in the world. Oh, it's pretty nice. It's a nice car. Yeah. But it's not like on on a scale. It's like a... It's probably my car is like a forty-five, fifty thousand. That's still car. awesome, dude. It's amazing. I'm yeah. blessed to have that car. Okay, yeah. so let me not say. I have that, a
1: hand-me-down right. Kia. Thank you, Steve. Run so,
0: <laughs> so let me not say poo-poo it. Like I, yeah. I've kept the same car for eight years. I love it. It's not right. Mm-hmm. But I remember taking a picture in the. In the uh, Lexus lobby or the waiting area, but just of a guy in a Ladanian Tomlinson jersey. It was a Tomlinson because mm-hmm. we were watching a game. Yeah, and I said, "Look who's in Lexus with me, Ladanian Tomlinson." It wasn't. It was a white dude. Right. And I got a ton of shit like, "Stop bragging that you're at Lexus. You fucking. A lot of us are struggling." And, and I sent back, "Hey." Coming from a dude who used to live in one room with three kids, who's been yes. on WIC, yes. I will not apologize for working hard. Right. I don't live in a castle. Mm. I don't have the fanciest cars in the world. My wife and I aren't jet-setting all around the right. world. We work hard, man. And yes. we're not rich by any stretch of the imagination. Right? But why do I have to apologize for
1: working right. hard? Exactly.
0: Why Why does that make me a bad person? It was an amazing thing. Like, mm-hmm. I had never, it hadn't even dawned on yeah, me. You know,
1: what's interesting because... Through your life experience, through this beautiful journey you've been on, you've experienced both sides. Oh, yeah. And it's like, wait, you're still the same person. You're, you're still, like, I've, I noticed that, and it's getting worse. Uh, it, it is. And I think as comedians, we do have a tool. This podcast is a tool to remind people, we're all connected, man. Well, well, We're all in this together, and we forget that. And I think that's the biggest sin of the world. I think it was just that we belong to each other. Like, your success is my success. Your pain is my pain. The, the song, that's it. By the way.
0: I don't begrudge anybody's success. You know why? No. You know the sun is big enough to shine on everybody. Oh, it just makes it better for everybody. Yeah. I and let me just finish this because my motivation to get off a of wick mm-hmm. was a woman offering doing something so nice, mm-hmm. offering to buy my groceries. Oh wow. She was like, "Hey," and I go, "I looked up." and my, The kids were. She was like, "Let me get that for you."
1: And I was That's like, awesome.
0: I can't do that. I can't yeah. let you do that. But thank you. And that from that moment, I was like. The feeling of, and I knew she was trying to be generous, Yeah, but that feeling of pity, dude, struck me so hard that I was like, "Mm,
1: this is not something I'm willing to do again. Mm, That's interesting. Well, you know what's so funny? Not funny. What's interesting about that is that many years ago, my younger brother called me a selfish giver. I don't know if, I, I know I said this somewhere. I, for whatever reason, I feel like I told you this before. I don't know
0: You know why. what's crazy?
1: We do so many podcasts. I have no idea what
0: stories are no, told. No, me neither. Yeah, and yeah, f- yeah Nobody yeah. cares.
1: Yeah. But I remember my younger brother, like, because I've struggled pretty much since I came out here. You know, just the last few years, I'm one of those lucky enough comedians to barely get by. Like, comedy's become a microcosm of our society. Yeah. There's really rich people and people that are really struggling and so few that are just making it paycheck to paycheck. Agreed. So, uh, I remember my younger brother was trying to help me and I was like, no. And he was, and it was something stupid, dude. It was like, uh, Baja fresh mm-hmm. or something delicious by the way. Yeah. And he was just like, come on, let me get it. And I was like, no. And he was like, you would get it for me. And I go, yeah. And He goes, do you realize how selfish you are? I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, well, why do you, why do you, when you have money, why are you always trying to buy me lunch? I'm like, cause I love you. And I'm going to show you that. And he's like. Well, I mm-hmm. love you. And I went he was like, it make you feel good to give. I'm like, yeah. He's like, when you say no, you're robbing me of that joy Ooh. of giving. Of that f- good feeling you feel. Yeah. You're not letting me feel that. So I've gotten better of just seeing it all as a chain. That when somebody you know when they that whole pay it forward, pay it forward. thing. I believe that shit, by the way. I do believe that,
0: like, and I've said this before. I say it on on, on all the time, and I say it on Twitter too and, and face open a door for somebody. Absolutely. Because They'll open a door for somebody say thank
1: you say hello start with a smile. Yeah,
0: because it does really make a difference I do believe that I do believe that and and you know you bring it to bring it all the way back to Brian Holtzman Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. Okay to bring it all the way back to Holtzman What I was gonna say about that is you also you also need guys like Holtzman sure who who shine Absolute truths on things yeah with no filter yeah, And by the way, to me, I know a lot of people see that as negative Like that joke about him going back When's a good time to go look for good shit Yeah it, You need that kind of humor to cut tension Yeah You need people like Holtzman Um be, because even in the darkest times, you There's need human. to find laughter.
1: Absolutely, I completely agree. And
0: so, 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 guys like him are super important. Absolutely. And and and, I, I this. It's a shame that
1: people feel like they need to censor, or they're so scared yeah, of guys gotta like that. that. You got to get over that. You got to get over that. What you know who Mike Black is? He's a comic oh, and a yeah. writer. Oh yeah. He said something once that just it stuck with me. He must have said – this is probably 10, 15 years ago. And he was talk, talking about art in general, mm-hmm. any sort of expression. And in his estimation – and I'll paraphrase him. But he said, I think the pers- purpose of art is to make people feel less alone. Woo! And I went, wow. So when people are venting, if you're venting for an audience and not at an audience, I think that's beautifully cathartic.
0: Well, I've, I've always considered – Comedy to be a conversation. 100%. Now, right. I don't expect you, the audience, to talk back to me. Mm-hmm. But your part of the conversation is your laughter or your listening. Yes, or your uh, absolutely.
1: I completely agree.
0: What do you think it is about comedy that some people think that they need to be part of the show? Like, you would never, who's your favorite band? Ben Halen. Would you ever go up and be like, "Hey Eddie, let me play this guitar for you." Exactly. I, I, I know you think you got it. Let me get yeah. up there and riff. No. What is it about comics
1: that people feel like is it because there's so much there's they're drunk? Is it because what do you think I think, think it it's a, v- a lot of reasons. I've noticed that sometimes when you make it so conversational as it should be and we agree but there's somebody like, "Look, man, you could be a great joke teller. There's but my style of comedy, I think my job first is to take all those individuals and bring them together. Right. Now, instead of dealing with 100 or 200 or 300 people, I'm dealing with essentially one, one entity. Right. Then it is a conversation back and forth. Their silence and their laughter are the same things as words. Right. right? Okay. Sometimes I think you can do that to a level where people think it is just them and you. Mm. So then they start. They want to. They're like, "No, that happened to me once," and you are like, "Okay, dude, we'll get there." I am okay with that kind of conversation. Okay, that that that's part of it. Yep. I think that's one of the things. Yep. The other thing is sometimes drugs or alcohol. Um, other times, I think there is sadness. What about the conversation at the table? It's like people
0: don't know that they're out in public, and all of a sudden, they're and and and, and I know I have. You tell me, and I've asked comics this over and over. You ask comedy clubs this too. And this is not meant to offend anybody, so I'm Mm -hmm. not apologizing. I'm telling you like it is. Yeah. Tell me, when you walk into a comedy club, what is the worst? Bachelorette party. Oh,
1: my God.
0: With a a table full
1: of eight to ten. I'd rather see a group of outlaw bikers. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I would.
1: (laughs) I'd rather see the Sons of Anarchy on a prospect night,
0: and all just like playing Russian roulette with bullets. Yeah, or much rather I, deal it, with that. A table full of eight to ten drunk and it, white women mm-hmm. is for comics it's the, the most frightening. You're like, oh, because you know what you're gonna get a lot of. Woo! Oh, a lot of a lot of selfies at the table. Some dick fucking straws. The Bachelorette party is, for comics... The worst. The worst. And you know how you can tell? A club will always walk into the green room and be like, there's a Bachelorette party. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell when they walk in, they have the Bachelorette party look on their face. Now, we made them take their dick hats off, but <laughs> they're still... They are drinking yeah. heavily. <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, uh, yeah, it's
0: Can bad. you think of... Uh, what is your best or slash worst... Heckle, heckler type disruption story. Do you have one? Can I does have one many. Th- Do you have one he that can... really step? because you used to tour with Polly? Yep. So, and I used to tour with Cable Guy in Chelsea. Mm-hmm. You know, the difference being, uh, especially with Chelsea, when I was opening, the people knew who I was. That's so right. That, that was a huge difference. Um, and Cable Guy's crowds were so big and so many people were streaming in when I was there. I didn't really get. The effect of opening for a famous person when the crowd clearly doesn't care who the fuck you are. Did that ever happen to you? Oh, yeah.
1: I have three great, awful stories. Let's hear Okay. First one. Are you ranking them? Are they all pretty equal? They're all pretty. They're all wonderful for their own reasons. The first one reminds me of what you just said about they don't care about you. Yeah. Uh, This was probably eight years ago, I want to say. I was just starting to really sort of comedically find my voice. Right. Where I just started to get a little more personal, tell stories about me and my brothers, that sort of stuff. And uh, I'm buddies with Andrew Dice Clay, mm-hmm. and he asked me to open up for him at the Grove of the An- oh, the Grove no. down in Anaheim. This is eight years ago, and his crowd his is his like cro- just rough. wants to see yeah, Dice. Died. So it's about a thousand people there, and he just keeps on postponing. No, they're like Dice, we should start the show. He's like, I'll tell you when to start the show. Nothing. Like we're ten minutes late. Was everybody there? Late. Everybody was there. But this is part of his comedic genius and joy. Like, what I love about Andrew is his childlike sense of mischievousness. Yeah. His silliness. Yeah. Okay. So, this is, but it was at my expense. Okay. So, this one, <laughs> he keeps on postponing the show. Uh-huh. Now let them wait. It'll be better when they wait. It's, you know, we got to build the energy. And the guy's like, well, we got to start the show. I got all my, and so uh, the sound guy's there, the everything, light, house lights are all on. It's about half hour, forty minutes before. Are they the chanting it? They're no, it's so uncomfortable. Like you can people are moving around, people are like, wow, what the hell So then Dice just go start it. I go, What? I go, Aren't they gonna announce my name? He's like, No, 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 they'll figure out what you're doing. I go, What? So then he was just like, Start the show. So I just go out, no music, no lights, nothing. I just walk out on stage. All the lights are on. All the house, and then the, the sound guy like turns on my mic because I'm talking for like two minutes without a mic, and it's just like boo, and the lights come down. Look who it is! Hi, how are you? So good to see you. It's, so doing it's,
0: it's the beautiful Bethany Ashton Wolf, everybody. She's gonna say hello to Steve. Nice to see
1: you. Thanks for letting me be in your house. Okay,
0: of course. Where are you going, babe? Okay. Are you off? Mm-hmm. you know my car might be behind yeah you can have jakey move it
1: he should be here yeah all right that's the best about having a teenager yeah he can move the car so uh, I, uh, oh yeah i'll tell you after so all right okay, okay. so okay. anyway this story i'm bombing it, there's just how far are you bombing? They're not booing, they're not heckling, just bombing? No, there's some heckling, and like, boo, this guy sucks. That sort of thing starts happening about four minutes. The point is, nobody's laughing. How much time are you supposed to do? I did my full time on this one. How how much time is that? It's probably like 15, 10, 15, Uh something like that. But the point is, there's a point where there's a thousand people and there's nothing. There's only one person laughing, and it's Dice on the other side of the curtain, howling, laughing. Like, dying. Because for him- that that was that, the whole reason why he
0: brought me because he likes to. T- that's how he gets some of his
1: yes entertainment. Okay, the worst. You can turn him off, babe. Had an I bombed so bad? Did you ever do Fourth and B in San Diego? Yes, two thousand three. Uh, it's a Friday night show. I don't have a car. I have to borrow my roommate's car. I thought it would be a three-hour drive. It was about seven or eight hours. They oh, went down, down on, a on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, seven or eight hours. It was awful. Get down there, have just enough time to take like a 20 minute nap behind stage. Thousand, they would let people in for free to drink. I remember that. Okay. So there's like a thousand drunk cholos. MC goes out, murders. I remember he had a bit about- He murders? Murders. He's got a bit about like Dora, Dora the Explorer being a gangster or something like yeah, that. That's going to hit hard with us. Destroys. <laughs> I go out to nothing. Who's Are you the headliner? No. Who's going up after you? Uh, I forget who it was. It was somebody that was like a pretty good writer. But what they used to do there was, if you remember, they would uh, do MC feature break to let people drink more, bring the MC back out, then the headliner. So the MC does like 20 minutes. I go out. Two minutes in, it's bad. I feel like I'm not connecting. I know they don't like me. Two minutes in, I feel it. Yeah. Three minutes in, they know I feel it. And the the first boo comes out. When the audience sees you crack. That's it. That's blood in the water. That's it. That's, there really is something about that.
0: You know what I equate it to? If you were on a flight
1: and the guy comes on or the pilot comes on and sounds super confident,
0: you're like, cool. Yes. If the pilot came on and was like, um, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, ah, uh,
1: boo. <laughs> yes, and that's yeah. exactly yeah, what yeah. happened. Yeah. So about three minutes in, the first boo comes out, and I'm like, oh, this isn't going good. How much mm- time you got to do, 20? Yeah, oh, yeah, so 25, you I think. left. Oh, Easily. I'm three minutes in and then it starts. It starts with one. And then that gives everybody else permission. Now at about four minutes in, I'm like, oh man, I start getting nervous. Because in my brain, I'd never, this is every comedian's worst fear. Yeah. Okay, And after I survived the experience, I realized what I was so fearful of. I was afraid at about the four minute mark that every, somebody in the audience was going to yell, get him and they would all charge the (laughs) stage Uh that's sort of what i thought so at four minutes in i go i don't care if this is four minutes in or five minutes in. i'm like i gotta get laughs i'm going for my closer so now i'm trying to do my biggest nothing but more booze and negativity so i'm six minutes in everybody's standing up booing the stage manager's on the side he's going get off Get off stage. Well, we'll just stop it. Cut it. Cut it. Really? Yeah. And he goes, "I'll still pay you, man. Just stop." This is about seven minutes in. But then something, and and at that point, I had an out of body experience, and this is not an exaggeration. This is real. And they say under stressful situations it can happen. There's a thousand people that I think are going going to attack me. Yeah. I'm booing. I hear off stage. I'll pay you. Get off stage. I I'm floating in above the audience, looking at myself bombing on stage, eating it. And then like my soul came back into my body and calm. And I was just like, and then I remember looking over at the stage manager like, no, I got a couple more minutes. I'm good. And they're just booing. And I just went and from talk about relearning lessons. Did you ever get, did you get them? Did you get them back? No. Oh no. Did you do the whole whole 25? Close to it. I did what I wanted to do. Does that make sense? I probably did about 12. And I was like, you know what? I was good. And I made a vow to myself from that point on. That uh, I was going to do what I wanted to do on stage. I'm like, I already bombed. I already bombed uh, trying to make them happy. Yeah. And I'm like, now I have to try to make myself happy. And that was 2003. But, but the, I, I constantly relearn that lesson. As a comic, my, my son is high-fiving. Thank you. It's
0: so a good life lesson right there. By the way, right. there's actual food. You don't have to eat chips. There's- but they're kettle chips. There's- Are they the jalapeno ones? Oh, dude. <laughs> So you want some? No, I'm good.
1: I'm uh, it's oh, it's the best chip on the market. Um,
0: there's chicken, and then you can have that crab. <gasps> well, there's chicken. So I know. I just want to make sure that you're eating some healthy food, too. I'm sorry everybody on the podcast is hearing me parent.
1: It's the best.
0: But would you eat something, yeah, I right. want to eat something. and eat some pepper? Where's a
1: pepper? <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> These are the best moments in podcasts because people are like, you know it's real. You yeah. know it's real. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> Just
0: eat something healthy, is all I'm asking. Chicken yeah. and All right. Yeah. Are you bringing them both into your room? No. Good, because-
1: that's <laughs> I forgot that. That's, that's, that's the go-to <laughs> move. You. Like, I'm going to eat this yeah. in my room, so I don't have to put up with you savages. Yeah, but you,
0: you can- What happens is, when he takes food in his room- Sometimes Sometimes, oh, once it goes, do you remember if you when you were a kid, when you brought food in your room, it never
1: came back out? Never.
0: You were never bringing it back out to put in uh, the refrigerator.
1: I just remember constantly finding s- bowls that used to, how yeah, cereal, cereal with a spoon yeah,
2: stuck. cemented
1: <laughs> into the bowl. And you're like, how did that used to be milk? It was
0: like going through the ruins <laughs> of
1: Pompeii. It looked like a volcano <laughs> of filth
0: rolled through. It was just I remember, fossilized. I remember in college, I probably threw out more
1: dishes than I washed. Because at
0: at a point, you'd look at the sink, you'd be like, well, I'm not fucking washing this. Dude,
1: I look back at pictures of myself in college, and I'm like, oh, that's why I didn't have a girlfriend. I did laundry once a semester, and my room was disgusting. Can I tell you the worst story of all time? Okay. You
2: guys change subjects so fast. That's the best. That's what hanging out now. life (laughs) lessons to.
0: Let me tell you the word and then and I want to show biz. and then I want to hear the third heckle thing Okay. Oh, the herd. Yeah. So in college, I was living in a house with my roommates at the time, Matt Harper, Steve Walco. We each had a dog. We uh, Steve had a St. Bernard <gasps> we had a uh, Doberman named Ben.
1: Oh, that's so old school.
0: Massive. I had a
1: St. Bernard named Bud. Now, Ben St. Bernard's might be my favorite. Did he ever rescue anybody with rum in his little barrel? Uh,
0: no, he did not. But he did get hit in the head by a van and live.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, okay. So, so, and Ben, this Doberman, was this is how big this Dobie was, was taller and broader than my St. Bernard. It was the biggest Doberman I've ever seen.
1: My. And then uh,
0: my roommate Matt had a little dog he found named Bob. So we had Bob,
1: (laughs) Bob, and Bob ran the show.
0: We had Bob, Bud, and Ben. And we had a, um, Okay, you should
1: write that as a cartoon. I'd watch that every day.
0: (laughs) We had a huge backyard, but you know we're college kids, so we're renting a house. Which one of us is mowing the lawn? Nobody. It was massive. It was a mass. The lawn, the backyard—no exaggeration—was as big as my front yard house back area. Wow. And it was fenced in by like a four and a half, five-foot chain-link fence. And so it was crazy. We used to see the dogs. There's a two-part story for you. Mm-hmm. One fun, the next to show you how disgusting our house was. The dogs, we'd come home, and they'd all be in the backyard but muddy. And now, by the way... The backyard looked like, part of it, the grass was so long, it looked like a safari. Like you couldn't even see the Doberman. <laughs> a parrot flies yeah, through it. <laughs> no, you couldn't see the Doberman or the St. Bernard, but you could see the grass moving.
2: Oh, like out in the Like out gosh. in the
0: plains, like they were tigers. But all of a sudden, this dog would come appear out of the grass, and you were like, we ought to cut the grass. But so then we'd show up, and they were muddy. And there's no mud in the yeah, backyard. Yeah, where they getting the mud from? So we were like, what the fuck is going on? So one day when we all pretended to leave, and we stayed in the house. And we watched. So the Doberman would literally leap over the fence. Bob would run and jump off of my dog's back over the (gasps) fence. And my dog, which was tall enough, since it was a chain link fence, put his paws on top of the fence and literally mushed it down and walked across it. And then it would spring back up.
1: Oh, he was like Andre the Giant stepping over (laughs) the top rope.
0: (laughs) That's exactly right. He would mush it down. Because he was a massive dog. Oh. And then they would go across the street to the golf course and play in the pond and then come back and get back over the fence. Dude, the that's a cartoon. Way. Okay. That's so, amazing. that's the coolest. But, but so, they would yeah. scare, because when you see the Doberman running down the street, that's that big on yeah. the golf course. He was scaring the yeah. shit out of people. Yeah. And the golf course. Was probably the
1: sweetest dog in the world, all too. Sweet. Just like people.
0: So, okay. So, our, this is how gross, and you know, college kids. Yeah. This is how gross our house got. Backyard with that type of grass in that heat, a lot of fleas. Yeah. Well, we didn't, not only did we not mow the grass, but we didn't exactly keep up on the flea baths. Of course. By the time we left that house,
1: just covered with fleas.
0: My roommate, Matt, had waders on. He walked around the house in waiters, and you could hear the fleas hitting the plastic. Pack, 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 as he oh. walked across. Me and my other roommate had flea collars around our wrists and
1: ankles. Oh, <laughs> my. Do you know what's so... This is the difference between being no. a grown-up... <laughs> <laughs> you know This is the difference between being a grown-up in a college... The whole time you started this story, yeah. I'm just going, this poor landlord. Yeah. This poor <laughs> landlord.
0: <laughs> what did you... get?" Well, I'll tell you something else. We tried to flea bath our dogs, but the fleas at that point were so overpowering;
1: they they were beating the flea bath. Oh, yeah! Like, you would have to flea bomb it, fumigate that place, when we, or knock it down. When
0: we when I put my dog when I put my dog in the bath, the flea bath, you could see the fleas just swimming around. I was oh. like, you know, these motherfuckers are strong! Wow. Um. Okay. Oh, fuck. It keeps flashing and going fast. My battery's going fast, Steve. So I want to hear, but we're at 55 minutes. That was a quick hour, by the way. It
1: flies. Give
0: me another, give me that third story. All right. And before before this runs out, you're special.
1: Oh, yeah. It's called What's Up, Nerds? It's on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. It's an hour's worth of clean family comedy. I'm so proud of it. And, guys, I can only tell you, because when people
0: hear clean family comedy, They assume that
1: to be terrible. (laughs) Yes. And they assume
0: that it's vanilla and that there's nothing to it. And I can just tell you guys, it's you couldn't be more wrong. It is clean, it is family friendly, it does make you feel good, but it's got substance. Thanks, man. No, no, it really is. And by the way, that's the hardest type of comedy to deliver. Yeah, I'm trying. It's the hardest type. I, I, you do know that you're very well respected amongst comics. Oh wow! I, I, I very very I, listen, and I won't tell you, but one of the people that you used to open for, uh huh, people were like, I remember somebody saying, oh, he's not going to be opening for him for too much longer. Wow! And I was like, why? And he was like, he's too funny. Wow! He's too funny. He's too funny. He can't be opening for people. Wow! And then I, I remember seeing you, and I was like, how is he opening? Like, you are a, a, a joy to watch on stage, dude. <laughs> Thanks, man. A joy. And your type of comedy also can follow anybody. Because it's so different.
1: Oh, you know what's interesting, though? I feel the other way. No. I feel like anybody can follow me because the audience is like, oh, yeah. By You're, the way. I'm, I'm ready for this. Yeah, That's true also. Yeah. I, I, I do think. Being at the comedy store, that's what I'm most – there are some people that – or just very competitive comics. I, I'm not. No, I'm not. Where they're like, try to follow this. I had a friend once say that to me. Mm-hmm. I brought them to come open up for me. And as they're walking to the stage, this person I did a favor to yeah. legitimately pulls me in. And he goes, try to follow this. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, man, you're so lost. It's so yeah, sad. Yeah, that's not. But I try to be the opposite. I'm like, how much love can I leave on the stage for the next performer to make it easy for them?
0: But that's how it should be. But I, I would say your comedy is, is different. And, and that's what it takes to be able to follow people is you can't be
1: following with the same. No, you just got to do your thing. man. Nobody's
0: doing what you're doing. Oh, so tell me the third heckle story.
1: I love uh, All right. This kind of falls in line with the bachelorette party thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but in general, most of the heckling I've seen with my own eyes in comedy clubs is women. And I don't know why. I I, I, I agree with you 100%. I,
0: I don't know what it is. People think it's dudes. No. It isn't. And it's not even heckling.
1: It's usually somebody who's had too much to, to drink. To drink. And I would honestly say it's probably like 90% of the heckling that I've seen with my own eyes. Mine too. And by the way, I would also
0: say, and I hope nobody takes, it's it's 95%
1: white women. Yes. And again,
0: apologies, ladies. Over the age of 36, 37.
1: I don't know how old this one, one was in particular, but you know how intimate the original room is, right? Oh, yeah. It's like essentially performing in somebody's living room. And by the way, don't stop coming to my shows. I love you. I'm just yeah. Saying. Oh, please. You're my, <laughs> yeah, you're my audience. Yeah. And you're, <laughs> the whole reason life exists yeah, is for Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Please. Um, but this was a good experience for me as a, as a human being. It was actually a turning point for me as an, a human, mm-hmm. let alone comic. But uh, I was just trying to pull myself out of those dark years, you know, and this was before I was passed at the comedy store. So it has to be prior to 2008. And I think it was on a Sunday or a Monday when employees could go up in the O.R. Mm-hmm. And I distinctly remember the lights being on. So that's how early. OK. And I don't know the bit I have to go back. I know I told this story about five years ago, the first time I was ever on Ari Shafir's podcast. Uh-huh. I don't remember now. I don't remember the bit I was doing. But I remember being vulnerable on stage and I remember being like, hey, this is how I really feel and I want to just like something like, you know, one of these life lesson type and this woman starts to heckle me and I was just not in the mood for it and I verbally attacked her. I shut her down. And you ever shut like mean. Yeah, I've done that. There's levels, right? I've done that. So then I was like, it was like tap, tap, tap. And the audience like, oh, oh. And then it was like, here comes the knockout. And the audience was even like, oh. And I felt it and it didn't feel good. And as, as that mean thing was coming out of my mouth, I kept on talking. It was like, I'm going down into the darkness and I start to talk and I'm like, start talking. I'm like, why would you even say something like that? What's going on in your life? Maybe you're not happy. Is that what it is? Do you see my joy and you resent my joy? How sad of a person does that make you? What's going on in your life? I know you're not a bad person. You tell me. A happy person wouldn't do that. And I'm like, do you need a hug? And literally, this is all happening. And the audience, and then I start having a dialogue with her. And I'm like, what's going on? And then I literally, this is in the original room of the comedy store. I'm like, do you need, and I remember went from beyond uncomfortable to her coming up on stage, me giving her a hug, and the room standing up.
0: That's amazing. See, I have a character I, on stage. I remember that. The hair on my arms is standing. That's amazing. Up. I have a character on stage that comes out every now and then who I just refer to as Angry Josh. Yeah. And every now and then, if you're at the show and you are so, not rude to me, for me it's you're rude. if you're rude to the people around Absolutely. you by talking incessantly it's so at your selfish. table, Angry Josh and some people who listen to this have seen Angry
1: Josh. Yeah, there's an Angry Steve too. Trust there's me.
0: zero tolerance. Mm-mm. Zero tolerance. I, I, think the, you know, I think I remember the meanest thing I ever said to somebody on stage. And I regretted it right when I Absolutely. said it. Absolutely. You always do. It's like a punch. You're like, I can't take this back. I regretted it right when I said it. It shut it down, but, but the couple got up and left. Mm-hmm. They were up front, front row, talking to each other, laughing. But then they would talk to each other. Yeah. And I kept telling them, guys, go to the bar. Yeah.
1: Just don't be here.
0: Yeah. Just go sit in the bar. You don't have to ruin this for everybody else. I'm happy you guys are having a good time together. That's fucking great. Date night, great. You ruin it for other people. Yes. And then she said something to me. Mm -hmm. She said, yeah. Well,. At least my boyfriend doesn't have chicken legs. Like, yeah, what's with those chicken legs? Why do you have muscles in your arms and you have chicken legs? And I said, well, it's a good question. I do kind of have chicken legs, um, but the good news is, is that I can, I can go to the gym and I, f- I can fix my legs. But you'll always have that face. Oh, and the crowd—you know that combination of laughter
1: and oh, yeah, it's not good. Yeah, <laughs> it's the worst.
0: Where Did right. you ever see that documentary
1: oh. uh, comedy comedy rock com- it was about the comedy scene in Boston in the 70s. Yes. And the guy smashes the attacker with a guitar. Yes. And uh, the audience like, "Oh, that was uncalled for." Yeah. He's like, "He he was attacking me. Yeah, he, I'm yeah, clearly yeah. in the right." <laughs> you're never in the right. Yeah. Whatever the audience winces, you're never in the right.
0: Well, and I felt bad and you know I I've, I I've, there've been times when I've asked people to leave and I've bought, I go, "Listen, I'm going to ask you to leave, but I'm going to buy I'm going to pay for your bill." Yeah. Because you came out here expecting to have a good time. I do, I've do. i done that a bunch of times. That's because cool. I want them the fuck out of there. Yep. But I also want them to walk out knowing that, hey, uh, he's not a terrible dude. He was right. trying to do his job. Right. Well, people for, well, you know what people forget is that that's our job. Yes. We're getting paid to do that. So that if it doesn't go well for us because you're fucking it up, that reflects poorly on us executing our job. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's one of the things that I... And and another thing that I don't know that people quite understand, and I th- a lot of this has to do with YouTube or Vine, mm-hmm. y- you know, the idea of Vine and YouTube, I have a friend of mine who is a big on YouTube and mm-hmm. she keeps telling me, I'm like, is this good enough for YouTube? And she's like, stop thinking about that. Yeah. She said, this isn't your stand up. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. It's, it's quantity over quality. Yeah. And as a comic, that's not it. No. And I haven't got past, right? So. What I don't think people understand is that, so if you see a joke that you do on your special, you've been working on that joke for a year, at yeah, least. at least. At least, and, and, and it might have been a joke you've had for three years that you've mm-hmm. just kept tagging and fixing and tagging yeah. and moving, and, and maybe you were like, this joke isn't working, but I'm going to take two minutes out of this joke and put it into Absolutely. another joke. Yeah. But it's a constant. It's positive. Oh, yeah, it is constant. And no, So for us, and, and they don't see the 15 minutes... That we do at the comedy store, and then we go over to the laugh factory, and you go to the improv, no. and we and we're just and we go to these tiny little places in town, basically honing our craft to bring it onto the road, to have a piece for you all to listen to. And then for that to happen, sometimes that's why Angry Josh comes out because you don't see. I'm so excited to do this for you. I'm yeah. so excited to show you all of the work that I have put in. And this is how. It's being received by you being drunk, talking, or being on your phone or checking yeah. your Facebook. What
1: I've realized with what I'm trying to do and like getting back to that thing about like, like oh, I I have this certain joy that I want to put into their hearts. Yeah. And also like inform this is how I view the world. And maybe if you could sort of see things from my point of view, maybe you two would have this constant joy or yeah. look forward to something every day. So when I do get heckled on that. What I've come to realize, just with that specific brand of comedy that I'm currently cultivating, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But um, I realized that the people that do heckle or the people that are starting to become a problem in the audience are the people that need the hug the most. The people that their actions make you not want to hug them yeah. are the ones that really need it the most. Like I was down in Irvine two weeks ago, yeah, and I was setting up this bit about um, – how essentially the more you brag online the sadder you are in real life mm-hmm. like the more you're like look at my Instagram my life's perfect I was setting that up and there was a woman obviously who lives like that you know and she was like oh really do you think that's true and I'm like no no uh. <laughs> and it was just perfect but I had to do that in a loving way you know what I mean and then sort of like I don't know how I did it but I really I'm, I just want to hear oh, you do an impersonation of her again uh, like one of those people my job to spend other people's money and make everybody feel bad because I'm crying on the inside. Like those sort of it's sad. And then I was at the comedy store and this was great. It was the first time I got a compliment from Yakov Schmirnoff, who I grew up loving. Are you gonna do the impersonation? One? I no, I can't. I don't know. Because there was a guy, I was telling this story uh, about a coffee shop on La Brea yeah. when this kid lost the laptop. It's a bit on my C D, whatever. So then this dude who's drunk by himself was like, That was me. That happened to me. I was the guy. And I I had to address it in a loving way. Yeah. And then I st- just tried to be as kind as possible. But move on. So moved on a little bit. And then Drew made a call back to his behavior and how it fit into the story. So it worked and it made him quiet. But sometimes I just don't even acknowledge the heckles. Honestly, 95% of the time, 98, 99, 99% of the time, I'm like, I'll pretend I didn't hear it. And the audience's laughter will drown them out, and they will feel like an idiot. Getting back to the social dynamic, they'll feel like an idiot for trying to ruin the good time everybody else has happened. By
0: the way, I do that too, but for a different reason. I let the heckles go because I want you to dig your own grave. Yeah. I want the rest of the crowd to be so fed up with you that if I do need to hit you below the belt-
1: (sighs) They're okay with it. They're
0: still on my side.
1: Yeah, like you're the bouncer in those jujitsu, and they're like, bro, he had to choke him out. (laughs) I was there. I, I he know. was bothering everybody. The <laughs> bouncer did his job. He choked him out.
2: I
0: gotta tell you, dude, the the introduction of jiu jitsu and
1: MMA. It's amazing. You never know who you're fucking with. It's changed the tough guy game. Oh. Up- the in the 90s you knew who not to mess with they were on steroids yeah, and they had like, mullets you see that dude with the fucking uh, biceps I wouldn't fuck with him right now it's but some dude that looks like a physics professor
0: yeah and It'll you don't need to you even up. have
1: any muscle tone no. zero muscle Skills. tone jiu jitsu skill
0: yeah and you just see this dude and he's still drinking his beer and he's got you in some sort of crazy yep, leg lock
1: always the nicest guy yes they literally have nothing to prove Nothing to prove. Do you
0: know I asked... They get it out every day. I asked Brendan Schaub. You know Brendan. Oh, oh yeah. That guy's and, a badass. Guys, for the, you don't know who Brendan is. Brendan's been on the podcast, but Brendan was a uh, heavyweight UFC champion. And he was an NFL player, too, right? He played for the... Yep. And he played also uh, for Colorado. and he, uh, So I, um, I'm i a Colorado uh, uh, in the Pac-10. It was a Pac-10 at the time when he was playing there. Um, but I asked him, I said, just out of curiosity, what percentage of the world do you think you could beat up? And he was like... 99 easily yes isn't that no is not crazy think about that 99 and i go does that because i we're not big guys no so i was picturing me if i had that kind of confidence walking into any place i knew i'm, all, I'm good mm-hmm. and probably good against two or three guys
1: yeah because one punch and i'm Dude, going if to, that dude punched somebody in the face in done. a bar it would scare everybody else so much it would take the fight out of There'd them. There'd be a sound. Yeah, I've seen people get dropped like that. It freezes everybody. I've
0: always said guys like that could punch a hole in your chest and then shit in it. And yeah. And be like,
1: hey, while I'm shitting in this guy's
0: chest, anybody else want a piece? No, you know what? No. I'm going to go ahead. And, but I asked him. I go, doesn't that? And I this it, it, when he gave me his answer, it made me realize how what we go say? through the world differently. I said, doesn't that? doesn't Don't you walk around with crazy confidence? And he goes, no. He said, first of all, knowing that makes me not want to fight. Yes. He said, because also knowing that, just what you said. He said, I could literally kill you with a punch. One punch. Not two punches, not a combo, not me on top of you. No, I could kill you. He goes, where do you go? I go, 168. He goes, yeah, I could kill you with a punch. Mm -hmm. He said, so that doesn't fill me with confidence.
1: Fear. Yeah. You know what was interesting once, and I don't want to tell the full story, but there was an incident. I've worked at a lot of gyms since moving out here. That's interesting. They were my day jobs because they were flexible. Flexible flexible hours. Flexible hours. And uh, I could work out for free. And you just meet cool people. Blow jobs in the bathroom. (laughs) Hey, dudes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, why is that guy wearing a robe? Don't worry about it. Was that (laughs) Oates from Hall & No, that guy (laughs) just
1: has
2: a mustache. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> at the gym I work out at,
1: the, the guys get busted for blowing people in the sauna all the time. Uh, well, I had worked out at a boxing gym uh-huh. in Hollywood that was not one of those gyms. Mm-hmm. And it was just, uh, I would work graveyard shift there. And dude, the ca- I met, uh, you know, bouncers that would come in off after cl- the club closed, bounty hunters. Bounty hunters? Bounty hunters. Uh, That's I met- what we should do. Oh, you and dude. I. But we should kill them with this kindness. This one guy. After a while, he I mean, this dude, would, he looked like the last level of a video game is the only way I could describe oh. this dude.
0: <laughs> after you've gotten all your pluses. And yeah, all your- and then you're like, uh-oh, I have
1: to fight this dude. <laughs> yeah. And he would come in because we sold like all the bodybuilding supplements yeah. stuff. Uh, and he would just come in and get like workout drinks at two in the morning or whatever. And he wouldn't talk. And after, you know, months, we started. And then it got to the point, you know, four months later, the guy sitting at the desk next to me, and we're having laughs. And he's just a giant 11 year old We're right. just having laughs Like dude Do you remember this episode Of the Eighteen? He's like yes I do Yes I do <laughs> Scariest guy in the world But his job was He was 911 for escorts
0: Oh no yeah. i always wondered Who they called
1: Yeah they called This dude was so, I don't even feel bad Sharing this Because I didn't There was a whole other Police officers would come There's a whole other society That happens after A certain hour That I grew up in the suburbs I go to church You know what yeah. I mean Like I didn't know <laughs> after, Any of these after people After 3 or 4 a. Exact, Yeah yeah But uh, you met interesting interesting people uh in those environments and the tough guys were always the nicest now one time i was down, i had a job when i that's when i lived in hollywood so then i moved to santa monica i'm like maybe i could get a job at a gym because there's so many hours they have to fill yeah you don't have to dress up you don't really have to do anything but just talk to people and i'm like yeah that's all i want to do is talk to people so i get a job at gold's gym in venice There was a guy who I would just always be nice to because I'm nice to everyone. That's like why not be nice? Yeah, yeah. It's easier. Yeah, Yeah. and it makes life more fun. Yeah. There was a dude that used to come into the gym that was – I mean if you asked me what he did for a living, I would have been like uh, accountant, account manager, something white-collar and friendly but boring like clean-cut. Me if I was fit. If you know what I mean, like (laughs) instead of a chubby 185, this guy was like a fit 165. Right. All right. So long story short, there was a monster that a a guy that was over 300 pounds crazed starting fights. They had to call the police in the gym. Yeah. The guy had threatened me, whatever. So a couple days later, the guy that was like 165 pounds came in and he was just like, uh, this, what I've noticed guys that are really tough. I've noticed this. They have a, um, Certain tenor and temper to their voice, quiet confidence dude when they when they talk, and uh what I think it is is um sometimes there's so much rage that they're just trying to keep themselves calm <laughs> like I remember once uh doing a show at uh uh camp Lejeune,
2: oh yeah, yeah,
1: and this dude was a light career marine badass, like my hero, the bat like. This dude went on double dates with Chuck Norris. That's how much of a badass this dude was. Like, legit badass, but right. the coolest, always the coolest This is the guy. dude that was in the gym. Different guy, okay. but he uh, talked like this, and, uh, Steve, do you want to watch Step Brothers? And I was like, yes, my favorite movie. So anyway, this Love guy had Step the Brothers. same tenor to his voice about staying calm. So he was 165 pounds, probably 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, mm-hmm. And this other guy in question was 6'4", 330 pounds. He looked like Ogre from of the Nerds. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he goes, "Uh, I understand that you had an incident here the other day, and the suspect was arrested, which is great. So there is uh, a police report that was filed, and and I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, so if the gentleman happens to show up again, just, number one, get out of harm's way. That's always, you know, get away. Make an excuse. Just uh, say you left something in the back. Go in the back. uh, Lock the door. Call the authorities. And uh, if I happen to be on the gym floor, uh, you can sneak out the back because there was a storage room. Mm-hmm. At it, and he it was like, "And just come find me." And I was like, "Oh, okay."
2: And were Thanks, you thinking man, why would I come? That's yeah, exactly yeah, what yeah, I yeah, was thinking, yeah. but I didn't want to be rude, right?
1: So I was just like, "Okay, cool." And then he's looking at me, and he was like, it, you, you know what I, you know who I am, right?" And I'm like, "Larry." I don't remember saying, but yeah. I'm like, L- "Larry." That he's like, "Yeah," but. They told you what I do, right? And I'm like, no. He was like, you really are this nice to everybody, aren't you? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? He was like, oh, dude. He was like, uh, I'm a – and he started to tell me about his lifelong journey. Of mar- this guy ran hand-to-hand combat courses on the beach for bodyguards that were all tier one special operations dudes. Like when guys would like do contract yeah. work, he would teach them martial arts. This guy was like a lifelong badass type dude. Ju- like jiu-jitsu, b- b- Muay-, Muay Thai boxing, MMA, Krav Maga, like everything. Everything. And he was like, "Do you have any idea how frustrating it is to know all this stuff and never be able to use it?" He was he like, could, "He'd be allowed to use it on that dude." That's exactly what he said. He was like, oh, like here's, you have somebody that's a bully, that's aggressive, that's a criminal, that by their very size, they intimidate. He was like, before the guy even picked up, he goes, he would make one step towards me, I'd break both of his knees. I was like,
0: oh, my gosh. You never know.
1: Do you you know never funny, know who –
0: You know what's funny about that is I – there was a guy that – because, you know, before you understand skill, you just skills. think go oh, size wins. Absolutely. There was a guy, and I used to take crowd. And mar- size,
1: size matters. Yeah, yeah, size matters.
0: Anybody, like, because I'm little, I know
1: everybody. There, there well, are some women where I'm like, this chick could just
0: yeah smash me. Well, oh, by the way, when we get back to the percentage of people that we think that we could take, I, I, uh, Brendan was like, look, so I got 100% of the women. And I was thinking to myself, I don't probably got 80. Yeah.
1: I, <laughs> I remember once being with the late, great, before Ronda Rousey was famous, yeah. I remember uh, I was, God, I miss Roddy Piper so much. I love him so much. But he took me to the dojo where he learned martial arts. Like yeah. nobody knows he was a legit badass. Was he? Yeah. So Wait, uh,
0: he was a legit badass?
1: Yes, legit. From this guy named Judo Jean Labelle, who's my favorite person ever. The godfather of MMA. This guy you have to he's hilarious. Is that
0: who's gonna train the motivational speaker? Oh, that would be the greatest. <laughs> he was
1: a pro wrestling. Oh, his story's amazing. You should try to get him on the podcast. But uh, I remember once some guy like had called threatening people at the gym or whatever, and Roddy was like, What are you what are you gonna do about that? He's like yeah, if he shows up, we'll throw Ronda at him. If he can beat one of our girls, we'll let him fight a guy. And this was five, six, seven years ago, and it was Ronda this was Rousey. Rousey, Rousey. Rousey. Yeah, it was the first time I ever heard of her. And did did that? No, the guy never showed up. She would have kicked his ass though, for sure. Yeah, so was, like for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, people. Uh, I know a lot of guys. Don't get it twisted.
1: No, she. Did would- you see that video that just went viral where the bodybuilder? Bully got choked out by the girl at the jujitsu dojo.
0: No, but I'm going to Google it. Yeah. Done. Really choked
1: out. He was bullying people. Oh yeah. He showed up trying to fight people. And from what I understand, that does happen sometimes.
0: Guy, But, but I think that happens by the way, when you just walk, like I asked Brendan about that too. I'm like, do people, you know, see you and be like, well, I'm going to challenge this dude. He's like, nah, not me. I'm a little bigger. But he said, but that does happen to some people. But Charles yeah. Barkley talked about that.
1: Yeah. I don't under, I don't, my buddy is a professional strongman.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's six foot eight. He's what? Yeah, he's six foot eight. He was four hundred pounds when we were hanging out together. But he's been getting in shape, like what does leaner. That mean,
0: professional strongman.
1: Like he travels the world he lifting heavy things. Books? Yeah, he competes in the world's strongest man. Like he did. a uh, you know the guy that plays oh, I've seen the that guy on f- ESPN with like yeah. Uncas Yeah, all those dudes. My That's buddy a- Robert is the sweetest fu- dude. Stand up comic, funny like. Wait. We're writing a TV show. Well, we plan on writing a TV show. I never see him because he's so busy signing autographs and putting on feats of strength. Yeah. He just trained Goldberg for the, his match against Brock Lesnar. Really? Yeah. Robert's the best. Like, the best. He's, so, like, I've never, you know how there's just certain people where you're like, I can't wait to hang out with him because, you know, the like, yeah. when I look forward to it's hanging you. out with you, yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Where you're just like, yes, I get to hang out <laughs> with my buddy because it's nonstop laughs. Yeah. That's him. But he told me, he was like, no, dude, all the time. People wanted, And I'm like, why is it, would... Is that noise good for a podcast? It's, you could tell it's real. Every time. <laughs> these noises are the best. It makes it like when you're listening at home or in your car or in your cubicle, you're like, they really are hanging out in his house. Yeah, could, people are
0: like, do you really do this at your house? But then you hear the door open and the alarm beep and you hear my
1: wife or my kid I walk through. I think it makes it better. It totally makes it you better. You think so? 100% so. It's my favorite moment. Like, uh, like sometimes Ari Shafiro will do a podcast where he's outside and you can hear like I love those. I love Koo.
0: those. You like you hear a bird. He's, you're just
1: like, he's like,
0: Well, we're here in the park. I'm like, in the park.
1: Saturday. In the park. I think it was the fourth of July. What's the
0: last concert you saw?
1: Sturgill Simpson and he killed it. Oh
0: Sturgil. Do you see him at the wheel turn?
1: Yeah. If you haven't seen Sturgill go God, he's nominated for a grammy that just came out today listen he album of the year all three of those albums are incredible are so
0: uniquely different but still Him. somehow fit into the same genre i've said this before what makes a true artists, and what made to me what made prince or name a comic that you love mm-hmm. somebody who is unique but relatable mm-hmm. that's that, that's what makes a star yeah, so because you, the uniqueness is what separates you from everybody else, but you need that relatability, or else you're emo Phillips. Yes, yeah, it's true. And, and by the way, nope, I got no,
1: no. Emo's hilarious. Yeah, but he, he is hilarious.
0: Emo was never Kevin Hart,
1: right. Massive, right.
0: Because he didn't have the two. Yes. Right. You need the two yeah. to be on that next level, and Sturgill has it. There's oh. nobody that sounds like Sturgill. Simpson. He's awesome. Is Sturgill Simpson? Do you have? Um, I have a playlist on my, uh, my phone Yeah. called sing-alongs, and I put them in the car. Yeah. Those are my sing-along songs in the car. Awesome. And, you know, are you, when you sing in the car,
1: are you a windows down dude or a windows up? Dude? I don't even have the confidence to sing. I lip sync in the car. Are you lip sync <laughs> in the car? I By sometimes yourself? sing. Now No, here's the thing.
0: You, you know what the worst thing is? Is when you're singing in the car at the top of your lungs, and then GPS comes on, and you can really-
1: Oh, that lady ruins everything. <laughs> Just trying to have fun. It's like when you're 11, as soon as you have somebody's picnic table on plywood and you're like, who's the first to go off the ramp? My mom's Spidey senses would be like, dinner. And then I'd be like, oh, I have to go home. Yeah. And then you'd fi- you hear what happened to Jason? No, he went off the ramp and fractured his leg in three places. How? He didn't pull up when he went off the ramp? No, the ramp collapsed underneath him.
0: Uh, I remember when I was a kid, you know.
1: <gasps> Santa?
0: Is that my front door? I
1: think it was the front door. Cousin Oliver. Is it?
0: Jacob! Is there somebody at the front door?
1: I think I heard something.
0: (gasps) There's a package. It was Santa. That was Santa. Let's see what we got. Anything? Now is the time when we get movies in the mail.
1: Oh, lucky duck! Seg screeners. Hey, I'm never well, that cool. Well, my
0: wife is I think you're right, actually. my wife is DGA.
1: Oh, that's dude! I went there once and saw um, who was the guy that invented uh, All in the Family?
0: Uh, uh, he uh, not Peter North. Uh, <laughs> Norman. Uh, Norman Lear. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Hi, buddy. I Will got to see it? him talk
1: there. It was the best thing ever. I had Hi, a buddy. meeting with with <gasps> Norman Lear. That guy's a legend and in, he seems so nice.
0: The nicest guy had a meeting with Norman Lear in his office, him talking, you might want to get some scissors, him talking about maybe wanting to do, hey buddy. Say hi, Rock. <laughs> hi, buddy. Him maybe wanting to do my story as a TV <gasps>
2: show. Wow.
0: It was an, an amazing, somebody's calling Steve. It was an amazing meeting just to sit there and, you know, he was like, tell me your story. And I kind of told him, what movie you got? Jackie. That's up for uh, 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 Natalie Portman is supposed to uh, is, might win an Oscar for that. Yeah. Jackie is. And when I saw that, I'm like, how many more movies about JFK or Jackie can we do? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I said the next year, you know, next year they will be they'll never run out of JFK movies. No, they always seem to tell the Spider-Man story again. Yeah. How many times are we going to see him get bit by that spider? A lot. I mean, how many times in the movies have we seen Remix. Him? Yeah. <laughs> How many times have you seen him get bit by that fucking spider? I can't I can't watch it again. But no. these screeners are for me the You know what's weird? Again, I'm not the richest person in the world. I can't afford some things, a lot of things I can't. Mm-hmm. But free shit. It's the best. It's always good. It's always the best. You can't I can't because some things I'll take when it's free, even if I don't want it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, wait. So, what are you saying this does? Well, just in case you want to leave your house with a single chicken pot pie, this will keep it warm. It's free? Yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's
1: so true. What's this do again? Yeah, I think I need this. (laughs) Wait, you're not going to. Anybody can take it. So this is just for anybody, dude. Whenever I go to like visit somebody at an office, because yeah. offices now are so so much cooler than they were when I was like out of college. Well, Where, they're like big players. yeah, and there's free soda in the refrigerator. So I'm like anybody could have one of these. Have
0: you been to the Facebook and, office?
1: No. Oh my god, the treats! Space. I kitchen. love kitchen. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's got
0: lacroix, free lacroix.
1: And anybody could have one. That's
0: what I said to the guy. He goes, go grab what you want. I go, there's a cra in there. How much is that? He goes, no, it's free. I go, for everybody or just the people who work here? <laughs> exactly. And he goes, no, everybody can have one. I go, I don't need to show a badge or anything. He was like, no, yeah. just walk up and get it. It's I thought amazing. it was a trick. It's
1: me too, always. I was like,
0: so nobody's going to like... I'm
1: like, no, thank you. And I just sit on my hands. <laughs> Let me see somebody mm-hmm. else do it first. Exactly. You go take it. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, the the free stuff for me is like such a huge... We went, uh, Jacob and I, this weekend. Went to the Dominican.
1: Was it the best?
0: It, we went for the David Ortiz Golf Classic. It, they oh my ones. gosh, expenses. We went down there, but we got a dude. P-
1: that's the greatest. We got a bag. Is he as nice as he seems,
0: the nicest man you will ever.
1: Here's a couple people that I wish everybody
0: to know how nice they are and genuine. David Ortiz, such a big heart. You know he does the David Ortiz Children's Fund. So they, uh, what was the number, 570 or 750?
2: He, he has saved over the seven years 570
0: kids. Wow. His fund has saved 570 children's lives.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: $1. Not yeah, not helped, not 570 operations. This is the the lives that were going to be lost that he's saved. I love that. So when you go down there, and it's a charity event, and see that, and he brings... On stage and he goes this is who we're helping yeah. And all in America But also in the Dominican Because yeah. he the Dominican those kids have no yeah. chance Yeah right. And so and his last game in Fenway He brought a bunch of kids on like 50 kids on the field Whose lives he was responsible For saving Amazing. Okay So I, I, he's one of those guys mm-hmm. Another guy that I, I wish people understood How nice and generous and thoughtful He is Is Larry the Cable Guy I believe it I wish people looked a little bit past the character and and I know his political views are skew a little further right than there's a lot of people who listen to my podcast and Mm. further right than me too yeah you know he and I would he would
1: tell you that but I honestly think politics are stupid so I'm like are you a nice person right but that's the
0: thing but it goes down to is at the end of the day he's one of the nicest most generous men um that I have ever come across, if you ask anybody that's ever bumped into him, all of his friends, mm-hmm. all, the charity work that he does, yeah. he, it's tireless. Yeah. And, and like, uh, I wish, like, now, I will tell you some celebrities, and I'm sure you know
1: a couple. Oh, real quick, this totally made me think, I, I work with a charity called Regular Hero. Yeah. Well, it's our holiday time of the year. Um, their website's regularhero.org. Mm-hmm. And... They do so many wonderful things. Give, give, give. Is that just LA or all over? All over. Like the phone call I just got, I have a buddy that's down in Columbia. Yeah. And he was so inspired by what we were doing at children's hospitals up here that he went to an orphanage on Halloween and just threw the kids a party because sort of like what I want to do is sort of like make a wish on a smaller scale or St. Jude on a smaller scale. I don't have money to send kids to Disney, but I can throw a pizza party for the kids on the...
0: But will you, will you involve me? Will you?
1: A hundred percent. We do fundraisers all the time. We would love to too. Um, there's a family right now. We're really trying to help. Uh, they're going th- like what's For Christmas great about this. Or in general? Both because this is what's happening. This is like last year, the great Bill Burr yeah. found out about what I was doing and on his own uh, helped me raise $15,000 in two days. So then, I was so scared about tax implications and people going, like. So now I hooked up with this my buddy John McNichol, yeah, who started this Regular Hero Foundation. Like oh, John McNichol sounds like he gets shit done. Oh, he gets it done. You hey, know what's so great? What are you gonna do? I don't know. But you better call McNichol. <laughs> exactly, dude.
2: <laughs> yeah. Dude,
1: he was a real grown up, and this is what happened. This is what changed his life. He, um, oh my
2: gosh,
1: he was working at like a normal corporate business job and every day would go to this uh gas station to get coffee to get out of the office just pour himself a cup of coffee across the street and it was right before the holidays and the woman he talked to every day was crying and he was like what's going on this she was like my car needs to be fixed i don't have money to do that and buy holiday gifts for my kids she was like they're not gonna have a christmas and he was like whoa no yeah hold on a second whoa went across the street and went to everybody in the office, like you give me 50 bucks, what do you have? Open up your wallet, what? I need it. Somebody needs this more than you, 20 bucks, 50 bucks. So I Collected like 500 bucks in an envelope, went back across the street, handed the lady and was like, Merry Christmas. And she opened it up and just literally started to cry. And he was like, oh, this is what I'm gonna do with the rest of my life. Yeah. So then he found out about what I was doing. He already had outreaches with vets with PTSD. He had outreaches with the homeless on Skid Row. Uh, a huge thing of what the, he's a fine artist. A huge thing of what he does is uses art as therapy to kids in boot camps that are you know in the corrections system. But this is a chance let them express themselves. Art as therapy for terminally ill kids. He's he was doing all that sort of stuff. I was going down to Children's Hospital doing blood drives. I wanted to do more. Mm-hmm. I would find out about families that were getting world class medical care but they couldn't pay their other bills. And I was like, we can't. Like, if there was a kid, God rest his soul, that was afraid to leave Children's Hospital because his family was going to become homeless. So that was one of the families we helped last year. The What's family, the family
0: this year? How, I, and tell me what, how people can help, real quick. I don't want just go problem. to
1: regularhero.org. All the information's on there. Even if you could just give a dollar, we're gonna, it's gonna go straight to these families.
0: We work. Jakey and I uh, work with a group of kids, and every Christmas. There it's four houses. There, are the we pulled all the kids are pulled from East LA and South Central. And um you know, they're teenagers. They yeah. and they pulled out of gangs and rough yeah. homes. Yep. And um yep. they've all yeah, they've all and uh you know, they're taken far away so the gangs won't drive and get my them.
1: my fair nonprofit is that homeboy industry. So yeah, so with these
0: kids, the problem with these kids in the foster system is once you're not cute anymore. Yep. The system forgets you. Yeah. So we provide Christmas presents every year for all thirty kids.
1: That's awesome.
0: But you know, and every year they have the kids write thank you gifts, and every year there are at least six or seven letters that say nobody's ever given me a present before. Yeah. These are fifteen-year-old kids. Yeah. They've had fifteen birthdays. We read like thirty letters. And fifteen. Yeah. They've had, you know, 15 Christmases and 15 birthdays that nobody's ever acknowledged before. Yeah. And you wonder why. And then so they're seen as bad kids, right? Right. But you wonder what they could have been. That's why I tell people all the time. It's
1: never too late.
0: Not only were you born... Well, not only did you win the lottery being born in America. Absolutely. Let's make, let's make yeah, that pre- 100% specifically so. clear. Yes. You won the lottery being born in America. You also have to think you won the lottery even when you were born in America... Being born to where you were born. Some yeah. of these kids were born really for these first 15 years, as you can see, without a choice. And, yeah. and, and that's what that burns me up a lot is that, okay, so these kids, they don't have a choice. And, no. you know, and, I, and I hear people go, well, you live, you have a choice whether to make a good decision or a bad decision. Well, not really. When your parents have both made bad decisions their whole lives, one's yes. in jail, one's a drug addict. They, you know, there was one kid who got sold to a gang. Because the gang needed someone to run drugs. So the mom who needed the drugs sold the kid to the gang so she could get drugs. Ugh. Now that kid at 15 who's been running drugs with gangs and all he knows is that did not have a chance. No. Did not have a choice. And when they get to be 18 and then you see these kids who don't know right from wrong. Yeah. And who have grown up robbing and stealing and killing. And then you expect them to be regular citizens. It's not fair.
1: It's not fair <laughs> heartbreaker. Are you familiar with the Covenant House? It's uh, another charity we work with. Oh no, I thought that was a Tom Hanks movie. No, we partnered up with them. I found out about this charity called the Covenant House. Yeah. They are amazing. What they do is they provide transitional housing and everything. And they have they're angels. Essentially their demographic is homeless youth 18 to 24. Mm-hmm because that is that pivotal point in people's lives where you can get your GED. They even have a high school on premise so you get a high school diploma, GED, job training, skills, work programs where you can learn, a place to eat, they get food, shelter, medical care, counseling. And the majority they have two large groups of young people that get fed into the Covenant House. Mm-hmm. It's kids that have aged out of foster care or kids that were previously trafficked. Are there two huge Peter and they do everything to try to give these kids a shot so like what i don't know how to do anything i'm not an expert ec- but i was like i have my buddy a uh, king of new york pizza yeah my buddy peter always he's like you need pizzas for the kids how many pizzas do you want my buddy there's a company called breezy freezy yeah shaved ice he shows up we had snow cones we had pizza we had a dj and we're just like here's a party that's amazing it's so much fun
0: y- y- you know i find that um and I don't know why. I I, I do find that comedians, I, I, f- I feel like a lot of comedians do give back. And I don't know exactly what it is about our little group. You know what I think it is huh.
1: that comedians don't talk about? We're sensitive. Like even the toughest tough guy comedian persona, you wouldn't. In order to make observations about life and go, oh, this is inter- interesting. Like what you said about the relatableness. Yeah. Things that everybody else sees, but they don't realize they're seeing it, and then when you say it on stage, they go, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, You have to be very sensitive to pick up on that. So I've noticed comedians in general, even the ones that are jerks, they don't want to be a jerk. They're just hurting. They're just sensitive people. They have long antennae. They pick up on things, and uh, there's no shortcuts in comedy. So even if you came from the greatest, (laughs) you could come from the greatest (laughs) backgrounds. comedy's going to kick your ass. Oh, for at least five years. At least. So when I hear about somebody like, uh, Larry the Cable Guy, yeah. of, he went through it. Russell Peters went through it. Now these guys are multi-millionaires, but you know what? They know what it's like to go without. Well, you also and know what it's like blessing. to work for Chicken Fingers. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Do you remember? But what? that's a blessing. Oh. All those hard what? times have only given me empathy. Because it's not that I feel sorry for somebody. It's not pity. I'm like, ooh, I know exactly what you're feeling. I know what it's like. Do you know that a lot of times... If my feature sells
0: merch, I won't. Because I know if I put my merch table out there and people just have $20 to spend, it's not going to be on my feature's stuff. It'll be on my stuff. And I also know what a feature gets paid. It has
1: not gone up since 1980.
0: No. And I also know that some of those guys and women use that merch money to, to eat yeah to make the weekend least profitable so i don't sell That's after awesome. shows but if i if someone says to me can i sell merch i say yeah and they say where are you going to set up and generally i'll be like now on my book tour and shit i was like i gotta sell my book yeah but i'll just be like you know what forget about it you go ahead and sell what you're gonna sell because fuck it do you know what i mean it's part about giving it's part of giving back now yes. i i breezed over something that i want to get to before this runs out oh buddy we're so close i know we are You mentioned the A-Team. Yeah, the best show ever. What? Are you... Do you watch... Okay, are you... You're an A... What decade... If you were going to pick a 10-year period, and it doesn't have to be 80 to 90, it could be 85 to 95. Okay. What do you... What's your TV wheelhouse? Like, what do you relate? Is it like mid-80s to mid-90s?
1: No, probably early 80s to early 90s.
0: Early... That's some good TV.
1: Yeah, I grew up in front of the TV. That's probably... For as much as I love stand-up, yeah. as a kid, stand-up was just one piece of the TV pie. Who did I, you
0: want to be on the A team?
1: B.A. Yeah. Everybody wanted to be B.A., but not I me. knew I was a Murdoch.
0: You knew who I wanted to be? Hannibal. Face.
1: Oh, you are a face. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be face so bad. I wanted doing? to be B.A. so bad, but I knew I was a Murdoch. I was like, <laughs> I do not have these genetic gifts. I just need to keep the laughs, <laughs> do you, going. Do you know that Mr. T? am a lived, sidekick professional. Mr.
0: T lived down the- I know where he lives. So I do know where he lives. I could show right you- now? He, Right now? Right he now. He's lived in the same house for a long time. We used to live four houses from him. He used to be our neighbor. What? But listen, the first- I
2: joined
1: 24-Hour Fitness in Sherman Oaks because Steve Renazzisi told me Mr. T worked out there.
0: That is probably where I've never seen out. Him there. It's probably where he works out because he's it's literally right, right, right near there, yeah. So listen- the,
2: f- the first
0: the first night we show, we, we were trick-or-treating, and I didn't know he lived there. And we knock on the door, and we walk away. And my oldest son goes, that guy's wearing the best Mr. T outfit I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And I was like, mm, yeah, that fucking was oh
1: Mr. T. Oh, my yeah. goodness.
0: Yeah. Super nice guy. You'd see him out watering his lawn and shit. Nice, nice dude. Uh, but he- jaw still. I'm yeah. like, uh, but he lived. We lived. There was some fucking crazy people on the street. You don't remember? There was a guy down the street. You remember Ed Norton from American History X? Yeah, scary. Okay. Take that intensity and anger and put it in a guy who constantly talked about Jesus. Oh boy, he was the scariest fucking guy to me because he got m- the show Jesus no. It wasn't even that. It was just with the intensity of like. That's not how it's supposed to be. No, but he would talk about ripping the fucking throats out
1: of the non-believers. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Dude, and Jack. I was going to say forget the motivational speaker character. This is the pro wrestling character. And he used to
0: walk down the street in just black low tops with black socks and shorts and nothing else following his kid on a big wheel. Talking about Jesus. Oh Oh my my God. Dude
1: scared the shit out of me. Dude, you know what's amazing. He would scream at cars. His kids
0: would go down the street in the big wheel, and he'd be walking down the street behind him, and cars would be coming down the street, and he'd be screaming, go around, go around. And cars would be like, well, I'm fucking going around. Oh they were, go, <laughs> Dude
1: was amazing. He was amazing. Him and Mr. T in the same neighborhood. You guys could have formed your own A team. You would have, There was your chance to be faced. Yeah, but who's the who's the crazy Jesus guy? I don't know. He's a combination of Murdoch and Mr. T, I guess.
0: Yeah. I, 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 will, I mean, to me, I did want the van. I always to wanted day, to soup up a van.
1: To this day, that's what I want. I have to show you, Steve. It's always been my dream is to have kids and drop them off at school in the 18 van. Because when they're 7, they'll think it's awesome. When they're 11, they're like, Dad, drop me off a block away. And then when they're <laughs> 18, they're like, can I have the keys to the I van? I can't believe
0: I, st- I pushed right to it. So I had the great pleasure of going to the Gas Monkey Garage in Dallas. You know, Where they I, do all the customized cars? Okay. So, this was one of the vans. <gasps> okay, so this is their van. That's the inside of the van. Yeah, vans are where it's at, Okay, you see how it's got the bear skin, and it's got a leather couch, but it also- can you hold that.
1: rockets in
0: flight. It's also got a workable Boom. dial phone.
1: Okay, I want one of those. In the van. I'm so sick of cell phones. Me too. I want one of those. Yeah, but where can I get a look, landline? Look, look,
0: I mean, this is, what, this is what's happening in that van. Dude,
1: it's 1977. It's
0: amazing. That was the- Where's this? Wait, let me show you this. No, that's not it. Oh, oh that's not it. Either. Tremendous. Yes. That's me as Andrew Santino. <laughs> Perfect.
1: <laughs> um, buddy, I love talking to you. Yeah, we have to do this. Every time we hang out, we're like, we have to yeah, do this again. But
0: we should definitely get together on a charity.
1: Yes. Um, we generally, it's just we're doing so much yeah. with the charity. Like literally uh, we threw a party for this family. I didn't even mention their case, but there was a baby abandoned at children's hospital and a nursing assistant adopted the baby because she was a cancer survivor and grew up in foster care. And where can we help? How can we just regular hero.org? So I, it's like I had a party for them and then we did the blood drive. And then I, there's a family where the kids got spinal bifida and I'm, people are sending me video games for that family. And then this family can't pay their bills. And then there's just so much, I don't, It's pretty much my full time job. Yeah, and uh, I'm really tired, but there's I really have to give more. And like tonight, Sarah Mello's promoting a show for us at the Comedy Store, where she's going to give us the proceeds. Thank God, because as soon as we raise money, it's gone. Oh yeah. As soon as we have it, it's gone. And there's like big programs I want to do. I want to reach out to hotels, and because now I have regular hero and it's a real nonprofit. Yeah, people can get tax write offs. I uh, I just noticed that we had reached out to Uber, but now their Uber is doing a thing right now: stand up to cancer. Yeah, awesome. You use that, you get a promo code. Because I know kids. I've talked to kids that are have to take three city buses to get kidney dialysis three days a week there are moms that are leaving children's hospital and have to take a bus with a kid with cancer there's so much sadness in the world and we can't yep. it's like the big poppy thing yeah. those kids would have died without his yes. help and every day there are people that need our help and we just we, we don't think of it but can i add something to when the
0: sad, when you say sad you know there's a young woman that i've i i am in touch with and i help out and she's got a disease called scleroderma and, um, you know, I went and visited her at children's hospital in Boston and as I was, you know, children's hospitals are tough for anybody. And when you walk into those ICU units and those units where the kids are, you know, deathly sick, yeah. gravely sick, yeah, 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 it's depressing. But then you start, when you start to get depressed, that's a you thing. Yes. Because what, what really dawned on me is these are actually the toughest people I've ever met in my life. 100% so. They've been fighting their whole life. Yes. They don't know what it's like to quit. No. They don't know what it's like to feel bad for themselves. Okay. Yes. So, so those are like when you go into those places with any kind of sadness, that is a disservice
1: to, to them. To them. Okay. This is my life changing moment. Like for real. This was the best thing that ever happened to me. Watch the battery go right now. All right. That'd be perfect. <laughs> I go to children's hospital for a blood drive to donate blood and see how they were run because me, Johnny Locosto, and a couple other comedians wanted to do a blood drive. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're comedians. We know a lot of people We can get blood because it's 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 unacceptable that a city the size of Los Angeles can't donate enough blood to children's hospital. You can't find the time to go give your blood to a sick kid. You're raw. That's wrong. Yeah. So, okay. I go down blood drive. I meet this guy, Raul Gonzalez, who is an angel one of my th- now now one of my best friends. Can I do you say know something? Raul?
0: No, but can I say something before I forget because I yeah. have a short-term memory problem? Could we do a comedy show at a that's blood drive?
1: Could you say you're you're in free as soon as you give blood? Yeah, that's what I would love to do. Stuff like that. Like we give out comedy stores been kind enough to give me free passes. We hand we handed those yeah. out at the blood drive this weekend. But there's so much cool being comedians. Think of all the people you know that are awesome. Think of all the people that I know We're changing the world. It's already happening. So this guy, Raul, I meet him. He's running around doing a million things. Two days later, I get a phone call. He had looked me up on YouTube. And he was like, hey, man. You're not that funny. He goes, but the kids (laughs) might think you're funny. (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) He goes like this. He goes, I get real celebrities in here all the time. But he goes, a five-year-old doesn't know who Denzel Washington is. He goes, you're silly. He goes, you're silly. Yeah. He goes, and honestly, he goes, A-list celebrities. He goes, when you're five, you don't know who they are. Yeah. You're just some weird ladies trying to pick me up or some somebody – I don't know. He was like, do you want to come visit some of the kids? Do you think you would like – and I go, the only reason I ever got into comedy, truth, was to make – I wanted to do this stuff. I was like, I can't wait until I'm rich and famous so I can do this. Truth is you don't need to be rich and famous to do it. Mm-hmm. He calls me. I go, the first kid I meet – and before, we're downstairs. He goes, bro, you have to be prepared for this. He goes, you can't cry in front of these kids. He goes, you can't do that. And he goes, I, the toughest. I, I brought up UFC fighters, NFL football players. They had to excuse themselves and cry. He goes, if you are going to cry, I'll leave the room right now. You cry now, get it out. He goes, when you go upstairs, you have to be happy, fun, silly. Steve, the guy I saw in the videos. I am like, okay, I can do this. I go, I, I, all the money I had. This is why regular hero helps because they give me money so I can go buy toys. Yeah, I spent like two hundred bucks on toys, and I am ready to rock. I am like, here we go. First kid, he's four years old. Just turned four, needs a bone marrow transplant. It's the most intense thing I've ever been through. You have to scrub down. You have to wear a mask, whatever. But I'm like, he's four. Just look at him as a little guy. Play pirates. Play dinosaurs. Make him laugh. Bro, I'm bombing. I'm, he's just staring at me. And I'm like, what if this guy did this? And he's like, bro, you hacky. like this. <laughs> it was like, I don't know if you ever saw Boardwalk Empire, but they made a comedian pre- pre- perform for Chalky White, and he's just not laughing. I'm eating it. Yeah. But then I don't know what happened. I get the first giggle. Now we're putting dinosaurs together. He's dying laughing. I'm having so much fun. And Raul's like, dude, there's other kids. We got to go. And I'm like, all right. So I'd given him toys. And then he's in a, there's a glass window. And he runs over to the glass window to wave goodbye to me. And I'm like, hold on a second. I take another toy. And I give it to his mom to give it to the kid. So then I go on a tour of the hospital. I'm like, this is awesome. Two days later, his mom calls Raul and was like, look, Steven's not feeling well. He's, nothing's, the only time he was happy was when that comedian was here. He's been asking for him. They have the same name. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe that comedian could find some time to come back down again in the next week? Raul called me. I cleared my schedule and I drove immediately to Children's Hospital. Uh, I didn't leave that kid. Like, I stayed there through two, two bone marrow transplants. Uh, and then through the grace of God, he's doing healthy now. We throw, him a, we throw him a welcome home party at Chuck E. Cheese. His mom and I text every day still awesome that's it's awesome but what i came to realize about children's hospital number one there's certain people that can go to bedsides and make silly and not have it affect them mm-hmm. most of my friends can't do that they're like i can give money i can give blood i'll uh, do comedy shows but i can't be around that it's too much for me to take for whatever reason i'm able to do it and i'm so grateful for that gift and it is a gift but what i why i children's hospitals are my favorite places because so many people are there to just make things better everybody is there to make things better it's how the world should really be it's so sad that it takes tragedy to sometimes bring out the best but the doctor the nurses are all superheroes they run they do every 100 percent. they do everything they're the special forces of care also, they're amazing think about um Everybody though, from people parking the cars to the people but in the, the cafeteria, the nurses the sp- and
0: doctors also Steve have to deal with moms and dads, and oh yeah, and that's a tough one too
1: because it's like the whole family. When a child gets sick, the entire family, brothers and sisters have yeah. it. I think well, like, because it, they brothers and sisters have it hard, man, because yeah. you know the attention has to be on this. yeah, and then there's not somebody to listen yeah. to what they're processing yeah, and that's what we feel been like doing. an asshole. Complaining because right, okay, so that's the point of like why I've been so blessed raising this money for regular hero, yeah, because like we threw a party. There is a little three year old boy that needs a bone marrow transplant, but his older brother turned fifteen. There was no money for a birthday gift. This kid's been nobody picking him back and forth to school. He needed a new bike. He's been brothers and sisters from nine through twenty. We threw them a party because it's for the whole family, and it's like we have to do this, man. It's like. I can't put it in the words. I almost feel like I think if people knew you have to go down. There would be all the help in the world. You have to, that's why there you have would to go be, down. There would be no shortage of blood. There would be no shortage of finances. Like but, I know there's rich people listening to this. you don't need another million dollars for your retirement. Donate it to the Cancer Society. Donate it to St. Jude. Donate it to a children's hospital. I also say like it's nice to go feed the homeless on Thanksgiving. But where you do, in July?
0: Try doing it in May. Yeah. Yes, I completely agree. Try doing it in May. Yes. Everybody's doing it on Thanksgiving. So yes. good, I'm glad. But know that it's nice that you're helping on Thanksgiving. It's not needed. Yeah. What's
1: needed is May. What's needed yes. is July. Yep. That is what's needed. Yeah, and if you don't know what to do with homeless, buy socks. If you could just donate a bottle of water and clean socks to a homeless shelter or deodorant or soap, you're going to change the world, How many Man, pairs of shoes games.
0: did we donate to that teenage... Uh, Homeless oh, shelter so many. had to was, be. St-
2: I think we had something like oh, it had to have been at least well, <laughs> <laughs> <years>. <laughs> That's awesome. And then we had so many left over.
0: Well, that's what I mean. No, no, no. That's what I
1: mean is that we tr- brought those to the homeless shelter in Hollywood. Yeah, so brought, and then we brought the first bot. Okay. Have you noticed this? And i there's a universal truth here, and I know it's true, and I know this will sound like New Age hippie dippy kindergarten teacher stuff. I know that's what I sound like at times, but whatever you want, give it away. Because when I started the first giveaway like clothes, I'm like, wait, where did I get this sweater from? Yeah. Get more of it. Give away shoes, you get more shoes. You give away smiles, you get more smiles. You give away laughter, you get more laughter. Give away money, you get more money. I I, I do want to say, I I, I want to
0: just thank the people who always give every year to me to help. Puma gives a bunch of shit. Creative Rec gives a bunch of shit. That's awesome. My buddy Drama over at Young and Restless, Restless, Reckless, Reckless gives a bunch of shit. They always help me out around this time. Dude,
1: I want you to meet my buddy John McNick over at Regular Hero and figure out how we can all help each other. Uh, He's a good dude. Yeah, Yeah, he's tremendous. (laughs) Um, Buddy... Always a Love you, bro. I feel so much better about life right now. <laughs> Always a pleasure. I just feel so good. I can't thank you guys. I'm, not like, a, I'm ready to best. go kick life's ass right now. We're gonna. Thank you. We're gonna. And, dude, and and guys, get the... What's up, nerds? It's on iTunes and Google Play. It'll make you feel better about life. And g- listen to me, everybody. I am going to be at Kansas City. It's I should do this at the
0: top of the show. Yeah. Kansas City at Stanford's... Uh, I think it's 15th, 16th, 17th might be the weekend. Whatever weekend that is. And then... At uh, the the Pittsburgh Improv over New Year's Eve, and I'll be bringing the lovely and talented Bethany Ashton Wolf with me, and I'll always bring her on stage and embarrass her with a song. Come out, come (laughs) out wherever you are. It's going to be a good time. And if you get a chance, go see Steve
1: Simone live. Where can they find you on social Uh, media? Awesomesteve.com, at Steve Simone on Twitter and Facebook.
0: And buy and get the special, and buddy,
1: what's your podcast? It's called Good Times. (laughs)
0: It is good times. It is good times. And man, thank you so much for coming over to my house. All right. Bye-bye.